I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. What's up, love? How you doing? All right, well, I've been hanging, singing, trying to do my thing. And, oh, you heard that I was banging your homegirl you went to school with? Well, that's cool. Did she tell you about a sister and your cousin? Thought I wasn't. Well, weekdays was made for Michelob, but it's a Monday, my day. So let's help me hit it, yo. And don't mistake my statement for a clown. We can keep it on the down low, long as you know. I, I get, get around. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. <clears throat> and it is a Saturday morning, which means it's feedback time mm-hmm. for everybody out there that sends their whatever commentary in. I mean, maybe you uh, voted in the polls. Maybe you left a comment. Maybe you gave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher that was favorable. Um, maybe you just uh, wrote us an email, left us a voice message. Uh, so many ways to get in contact with the show and to let us know how you feel about everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're happy to oblige you. Um, let's, uh, matter of fact, get into the people that, uh, donated to the show this week because, uh, they are some of our favorite people. Yes. Um, uh, let me find my song. Uh, I can't, can't do it without the song. I dedicate this song to recession. Depression and unemployment. This song's for you. Today's a new day. Hey. First of all, we gotta give a shout out to Brandon S with the one time donation. Thank you so much, B Sands. That's new, ain't it? Yep, uh, he's a one time. So, okay. you no, know, it's not a new return, but he is a new donator. Yes, first time I heard that name. I believe he's already a, he might already be a premium person or something, or he's in the chat. I see him. Uh, Rock from the Black Astronauts Podcast hit us with a recurring donation. Yes, we're glad that uh, your pastor allowed you to come visit us today. We thank you for spending time with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer H., recurring donator. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Yes, Jennifer. Rovita J., recurring donator. Thank you very much, Rovita. We see you now in your head, girl. Monica C., yes, Monica C., recurring donator. Yes, we see you waving your usher's hand. Bomani Jones, uh, recurring donator. To the show. Thank you, bro. Maybe I should have just said Bomani J. Um, Sonya F. Sonya F. Hit us with the one-time donation. Thank you so much, Sonya. Thank you. Pete B. Uh, formerly of uh, Third Base. <laughs> I say that's definitely new. Thank you, MC Pete B. Yes, we thank you. He'll be uh, mixing up the ones and twos right at the choir. Uh, of course, our girl Olivia, um, a rad film lawyer. She hit us right. Wait, was it film underscore s? That's what it is now. Yes. yes. She hit us up with the uh, recurring donation. Thank you so much. We thank you, sweetie. M. Stevens of Film Press Comics hit us with the recurring donation. Thank you so much. Yes, we thank you. And just so y'all know, y'all have to pay full price for comics. Don't think you gonna get a discount just because you a church member. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry W. Uh, left us a, uh, a one-time donation. And he said. From the dude that's traveling the world, representing Okeechobee, Florida. Thank you very much, man. And uh, be careful out there claiming Florida as your set. You know, <laughs> Florida has done a lot but, of things to people that might want revenge. But he is traveling, which means he is not in Florida. Smart, smart. Maurice November, uh, uh, incredible vi- villain, uh, season three of Miami Vice. Yes, I see. I see you change your suit to the off-white. Thank you, sir. We we know you're gonna wear white, but at least be seasonal. And Val C. hit us with the one-time donation. I didn't know Val listened to the podcast. I just 
was a person i thought she was just a person i talked to on facebook all the time <laughs> like she was saying something she was like yeah just like you said on the podcast I was like you listen uh you listen to our show like because right. i i don't expect anybody to listen to our show that's right uh, no matter how popular it gets i will always go i can't believe you listen to the show so. correct but thank you so much val and uh that's everybody for the week oh wait no 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 i'm sorry forgot one brina h Brina H also donated this week. Thank you, Brina. Uh, Chris D from Hawaii. Chris from Hawaii. Thank you, he donated. Shantae W. <laughs> you thought this list was shorter, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know why I thought that was the last one. Shantae W. Uh, recurring, yeah. new recurring donator. I believe she's new. Yes, thank you, sweetie. We we don't want to forget nobody. We want yeah. everybody to know. I believe Shantae's got a man. Oh. We see your man too. Thank you. I'm just joking. That, that's a song, Karen. Oh, uh, thanks, there. Thanks, <laughs> everybody. Say, well, if you don't, you are gonna get one. Thanks, everybody that download that that down uh, that donated this week. It, it was a ton of people. Um, so thank you so much, guys. Let me play y'all out. Sing this song on the street to the women. It won't be street harassment, guys. So just sing the whole song. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I just found a thousand dollars. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, that's how it works for me. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we have um some five star reviews on iTunes, um, and Stitcher. Let's get into those. Cassant, wait, Cassaniga O two says awesome podcast been listening to this podcast for two years now and love every minute of it rod and karen has a good dynamic that makes it fun to listen to and they bring some informative stuff in the mix keep up the good work p.s this is cj from three black geeks hope to be a guest on your show and i want to give rod props for following us on twitter and yes our itunes picture does look like we're about to drop the meanest mixtape ever yeah <laughs> yeah these ain't your mama's geeks man the three black geeks uh yeah. podcast artwork mm-hmm. look like them niggas just robbed somebody and then took that picture together <laughs> right after yeah like they're like a picture off of uh that tv show about gangs and shit <laughs> gangland the mario brothers edition right <laughs> break yourself for these motherfucking mario's fool right gangland the final fantasy edition yes yeah. we are level 100 what bitch <laughs> break yourself for that chocobo motherfucker come up off that chocobo now <laughs> get up off here i, mean, I stab you for it and order me a big mac with cheese um yeah so uh yeah th- we can make that happen yes we can sweetie player player five stars that's the title uh marv one says the number one podcast hands down it's funny it's fun and full of love rod is insightful and witty karen steals the show every episode Woo-hoo! if you ain't listening you slipping 
868 happy king jackson lee day five stars by Urbizzle. what up rod and karen my condolences to grandma peg my grandmother was a matriarch too and a funny lady i feel your pain and loss rod i appreciate the sentiment of your family and how they find the humor and tragedy they sent the doves at my grandmother's funeral too 11 years before bonds and even twitter really thankful thank the lord the dove flew out so nobody clowned at grandma Peg's funeral i know that that would have made for a good podcast story yes it would have because you know they'd have been joking all the way home yes thank you russell uh sent an old aaron Rodgers home sent old uh thank you russell sent old aaron Rodgers home fishing black power i hope next year <laughs> all the black qbs are in the playoffs newton gino bridgewater wilson griffin third and any other ones out there that i miss i appreciate y'all keeping up podcasting the way y'all do you really do you really touch the people truly trendsetters in podcasting mr black from the five minutes away podcast oh we got a lot of reviews from the podcast this week oh shit no thank you moving up what more can i say about the big homie og big d jeff uh how do you get all that for his name on itunes big homie og big d jeff uh maybe big DJ, maybe it's big dj f maybe I came to the show late in the summer of 2014. I was looking for a podcast that was made by black people, so I googled just that. Not that I'm a faith, now that I'm a faithful listener, even the feedback shows, I would never want you to change your name. But I must admit that I skipped over this podcast a few times because I was afraid it's going to be a show telling me I need to pull my pants up. <laughs> And other victim blaming self hating rhetoric. <laughs> a lot of people probably do that. Y'all niggas need a tip. Not only do you need a tip, <laughs> you need to go and tell your mama you love her every day. Right. Not only do you need to do that, you need to get educated. You need to get a job. You need to quit being lazy ass bums. Right. Could have named the show the black guy who takes care of his kids and then really have people mad. Don't even listen to the, you could tell who didn't listen to the show. Right. First of all, fuck you and fuck your show. Like, did you listen to it? Nah, no. but I saw the title. I right mean, what what more was it to say um anyway um so he says uh and victim blaming self-hating rhetoric non-blacks always say that we don't tip y'all call yourselves the black guy with tips seem to be approval seeking uh and something i probably would not be down with man was i in for a surprise this show is the best simply put not only is the show amazing it is consistent something i haven't been able to find anywhere else rock and sharon lol <laughs> are amazing together when Karen starts rolling her tongue, I feel like she is about to start speaking Spanish. <laughs> when Rod speaks, I feel like he is speaking for me. Whenever there has been a time, rarely, that I don't agree with you all, all I have to do is listen to you guide me past my emotions to see the subject for what it actually is. Originally, I was looking for something to kill the time in between the Combat Jack show. Now this is by far my favorite show and any, everything else is just filler for when I'm waiting for the next episode to upload. Thank you guys for everything you do. Keep up the good work. I love you. I love me. I'm president. P.S. Thank you for putting me on the, all those other good shows by having amazing guests. Where has Jay Trio been? Well, two things. He was just on the Wednesday show, so uh, I think he must have posted this before that. Yeah. Justin's in school. He's uh, changed his schedule around a little bit, uh, so he'll be on the shows on Wednesdays when he wants to be on. Um, and then, uh, as always, if you're premium, Every episode of Balls Deep is me and Justin. Mm -hmm. So it's just us talking about sports for four hours. Um, so depending on whether you're into sports or not, you might like it. But if even you're if not you're not, the, yeah, if you're not into sports, I still would say try it because it's fun. Yeah, we don't really talk about it the way that you think. Like we yeah, don't we're not sit ESPN. Around, yeah, we yeah. don't debate stats and mm -hmm. fucking 
shit like that it's just as ratchet and right. not more you know <laughs> than the normal show right like we had a clip on yesterday's show where uh it was a um a karen comes on often when she just you know she's the boss so she just comes in whenever she wants <laughs> but um we had a, a clip where they had a radio show talking about um was it Dwayne Wade and Amber Rose? Mm-hmm. And we just riffed off of that doing uh, the gay gossip dude on the black radio voice for about five minutes. Like, yeah, it reminded me why I hate black radio. Right, but that that dude's voice, that mm-hmm, girl, honey child, like that that thing. Like we had a good time doing that. So you know, and that really you don't have to know shit about sports to to enjoy that conversation. Right, you still gonna mm-hmm. laugh and 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 even if you don't know what the fuck we talking about, we still cracking jokes and shit through all kinds of stuff. So for a lot of people they're like I don't like sports, but that show is funny or like some of the other spin-off shows like The Nerd Off, I don't know some of the stuff y'all talking about, but y'all are still funny. So it's just one of those things that uh if you're a premium and you're like, "Well, I only fuck with this show or that show." Try them all because you're paying for them all. You might fuck around and like something else. Yeah, man. I pride ourselves on that show um, and all our other spinoff shows as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jay, Jay, Jay's back. Justin's around. Uh, the Black Guy Tips from Lisa LV711, Las Vegas, Nevada. This podcast is it. I, could tell you, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to listen to such a young, black, well-informed, hilarious couple. I listened to the, the Bomadi Jones and saw, I listened to Bomadi Jones and saw the Blackout Tips on his recommendation list and have never turned back. They help get me through my mornings and afternoons at work and I cannot get enough of them. Sometimes I like to save a day or so and listen all day. Keep up the good work and we'll continue to donate or whatever it ke- takes to keep you on the air. Love and kisses. Sign your F of Las Vegas. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, sweetie. And, uh, yeah, man, we, um, you know, obviously Bo is fam. Um, and I, hopefully, I, Stitcher is recommending us and recommending him together because, you know, we've collaborated on some uh, things in the past and hopefully in the future, man. Love working with him. And, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate all the people he sends our way because mm-hmm. a lot of people, like, we get sources from, like, uh, Twib, uh, yeah, Romani you, Jones. You haven't been on Twib in a hot minute. Yeah. I, well, I was on Sports Ball this week. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily that we go on these shows all the time. Nope. But people, you know, they, people always look up, look out. People always crossing over. People always looking for more content. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are places where they find it. And Bo's just a really cool person to work with. He is. He really, really, really is. And and we're constantly reaching out. And people are constantly reaching, you know, to us. And, you know, we do so much. Sometimes we forget. So, you know, sometimes people have to re-remind us. But it's just one of those things where you create a community and it's almost like a pay it forward type of thing. You know, you reach out, people reach back, and the community grows and everybody benefits from it. Yeah, and this week, speaking of uh, guests, we're going to have three guys on on monday and then three of negroes on wednesday so it'll be a lot of threes going on oh shit now uh we also have some reviews on stitcher five stars of course listen to this jant i guess jaunt from uh from lex h um i realized that i had submitted a review through steve jobs itunes but never here time to fix that great podcast to which any and everyone should listen right i can't have great chemistry and anyone who dislikes either of them can hop off of can hop off both of hashtag beer game guess the race is easily the best podcast segment on the internet and ball alert is a hilarious new addition and i can't forget about the fantastic guests that they have on from time to time i guess that could include justin too maybe <laughs> i agree 
they've introduced me to a few other quality podcasts i listen to regularly as well and i'm grateful rob between this where's my 40 acres twill black astronauts chonilla the evening jones and sandy check all but one that i found through the blackout tips and work i don't have enough time in the day yet to add to the premium content to my listening queue until i have more free time i'll set up a recurring donation to, co- to the cause instead one condition though you accept them dollars with your right hand <laughs> ah, much love to trefo from the trefo uh keep up the great work see y'all in chat room <laughs> well i don't have a choice but to accept with my right hand because uh, that's what my mouse is i need to buy me a left hand mouse maybe do they make those i'm assuming okay. i don't know i gotta I i'm they sure do. they do i'm sure okay. they do they make left hand everything steve uh stefan e says jealousy is love and hate at the same time five stars hello rider miss prime and miss karen mrs karen i absolutely love this show it's great to hear different opinions that are different from my own because i'm so open-minded i consider many things said on the show and apply them to my life instead of turning down anything like karen would say that does not go along with my narrative (laughs) a long time ago someone called in and spoke about why it's important to vote and i never forgot and i never thought that it was a big deal but you two along with that caller opened my mind to something new thanks for new perspectives similar to that one you two have inspired me to follow my dreams and start my own business. I want to make 3D cartoons to build a fan base and sell actual sculptures of the characters I draw. Hopefully one day having my own media company. Instead of making music for the Super Bowl or whomever to, we make cartoons. You two make me feel that anything is possible and that I can one day end the 9 to 5 grind and have more than just a useless bachelor degree. This is getting uh, long, so I will say this and end it. Karen, your voice is very erotic to the people who dislike it. Stop writing in about it. We've heard it once, and that's enough. I love it, so it's fine with me. Jealousy is love and hate at the same time. Keep up the great show. Oh, thank you, sweetie. And I will tell you this. I encourage anybody, man. Uh, that's one thing about me and Roderick. Uh, we try to be very optimistic. I, a lot of times I'm even more optimistic than he is at times. Um, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, honey, that what your idea sounds great. It sounds wonderful. And I encourage anybody, you only got one life to live. So if you can invest in yourself or somebody else invest into you to make your dream come true, do it. Sacrifice. Get that education. Get that degree because you don't want to live your life and get older and go woulda, coulda, shoulda, I wish I had or see somebody else living the dream that you wish you had. And so it's just one of those things where I don't want anybody to miss out on life, any of, any of our fans, because it's just one of those things where as you grow and as you make more money, you're able to do things like if you want to donate to the show, if you want to, you know, give, if you want to do other things to help family members out, you're able to do that. And all this starts is from like a little fire and eventually it turns to a flame. So, yeah, I encourage anybody out there, live your dreams. You only got one life to live, sweetie. Exactly, man. Um, <clears throat> and plus, I mean, a lot of these people. um want you to feel like you can't accomplish it right because a lot of times people are jealous a lot of it times keeps you where it keeps people it, it keeps you in a box where people feel comfortable evaluating your worth constantly whether right. it's the people at your job your family whether it's uh even sometimes friends whether it's people that don't like you like people like to feel comfortable and people are afraid of change and sometimes even afraid of you changing right but if you're miserable if you're not happy if you're not in a space where you feel comfortable um, you got to do what you can to change those situations and you can't, you know, no one else is going to do it for you. If anything, they might even fight against you. So, you know, I, I'm, I always believe in, uh, proper preparation is, is what breeds success. So you still mm-hmm. need to prepare. You still yes. need to work. 
like that's the thing about like people ask us stuff all the time like what are your what would you say someone should do uh when they're starting a podcast what was your thing and it's always like we never didn't treat this like a job like Mm -hmm. there was never a point where we weren't treating it very seriously correct so whatever you decide to do um whether it's the art thing whatever just make sure you treat it seriously Mm-hmm. Even if it's your recreational uh, escape, right. just treat it seriously, and the rest will, will will follow. And and honestly, it's also okay to just have a creative escape and not try to monetize it. Correct. I think people have to understand that too. It's also okay to be like, I like doing something, but I haven't really figured the money part out yet. You know, I know a lot of people really jump ahead of themselves, and it's just like, I got ten episodes of my podcast now. It's time to monetize this shit, and it's like it. You know, maybe you'll be able to make that work. I'm not saying you can't, but, you know, 10 episodes ain't shit. You really don't know what you want to do. Like, it could mm-hmm. be a year from now, you just go, eh, it wasn't for me. I didn't, I don't like doing this anymore. Right. You change, you evolve, you right. grow. Right. Like, I feel like we found something we love to do, but also something that we're, we're, we're good at doing and then we treated it that way. So, um, you know, I, yeah, anyway, that's what I would add to what Karen said. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you gonna say something else, Karen? Oh, and I, yeah, just, 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 I was just gonna say, it's just one of those things where, like you say, you have to find out what you really want to do. And that's the thing of what you really love in life. Because a lot of times, if you love doing it, it's not, it doesn't feel like work. I know a lot of people who've actually just worked and never had, and never really done anything that they loved and got paid for it. They don't really understand that if you really love it, it's not work. You don't mind getting up early you don't mind staying up late you don't mind having long business meetings you don't mind going out of your way because it's something that you literally love to do yeah so um all right let's uh get into the comments on the episode and that was from stitcher yeah that one was from stitcher okay we didn't have any itunes I did iTunes first. Oh, okay. You, so you did iTunes and Stitcher back yeah. to back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My bad. My bad. Cause I was like, is there any separation here? So for those of you that are listening and you want to leave us reviews on iTunes and on Stitcher, go to iTunes.com and, um, leave us a five star review. If you do not have any Apple devices, if you have an Apple device, go to your Apple devices in your iTunes store to leave us a five star review. If you want to leave us a five star review, on Stitcher. Go to Stitcher.com, type in the Black Guy Who Tips, and leave us a five-star review. We thank everybody for all your kind words and for leaving us a review. Uh, keep leaving it because it leaves a, I mean, it helps us um, become higher in the rankings. It helps people recognize that we're out there. It helps other people find us. Uh, and it's absolutely positively free. You don't have to invest any, any money. So if you go, I love the show. I want to support the show. But I'm broke right now. I'm transitioning between jobs. I'm laid off. This is a way you can help the show and not have to spend a dime. So we thank you in advance for everybody that's going to leave us a five-star review. Exactly. <clears throat> Another thing you can do is go to our website. We have each episode has a post uh, where you can either listen to it directly from the site download it even um you can also leave comments and vote in the polls uh here's the people that left comments for episode 867 empire strikes black which is our feedback show from last week mm-hmm. the comments uh we got uh our girl nick jew who says i'm going to have to call in more often been so long y'all done gave my voice away love you too <laughs> yeah karen heard um our girl tina from miami and oh, cool. immediately was like it's nick jew 
I clear that, that honey, honey, that was your twin voice boo. I was like, this is Nick Drew. Yeah, Nick Drew probably can't hear it, but they did sound a little bit alike. Y'all favor, as they say in the South. Right. Uh, y'all do favor each other. Y'all voice favor. Yeah, like if you just listening and you not really like tuned, like zoned in, you like, Nick Drew, what? Yeah. that ain't you. Like your daddy might have a secret other family or something. Right, that you the, don't know nothing about. Your, your great granddaddy might have a secret other family that, uh, you know, y'all, now y'all favor for each other. But don't worry, y'all will meet up at the funeral. <laughs> right. Uh, Along with the other siblings. Sugar Babe right, said, Rod, you read an email from a listener who spoke about the liberties Ava D. took with Selma. When you said the sword fight on the bridge, I legit looked at my speaker in confusion, and then I went, shit, there goes Rod trolling us. God damn it. That was a low, <laughs> good low-key trolling. <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes. Sorry. Because uh, I'm reading everything. Um I a lot of times is when I'm reading articles, I'll just throw some bullshit in there just to see if everybody <laughs> pay attention and listening, right? Because yeah. uh, <laughs> even sometimes me, I would go, "That ain't true." What the, what is we talking about here? Uh, what do you think about Fox's TV show Empire? Good, bad, bad but fun to watch, or I ha- haven't seen it yet. Uh, now let's get these people out the way. Sixty one percent have not even seen the show yet. So you I know, believe that. I could, yeah, I know a lot of people that aren't watching the show because um, it's not, in my opinion, not good. But mm-hmm. it's it's fun to watch, but mm-hmm. it's just really bad. Yep, and people live tweeting the hell out of it. Yeah, I, I live tweeted the next day. Everybody, this it's funny. I people, it'll be like eight in the morning because you know I can't always catch it because we do the show, right? And even if we get off, I would have been watching Blackish, not empire anyway correct but um i'll go ahead and live tweet it the next morning and people are like oh my god this is the highlight of my week thank god you're watching this now finally we can have fun <laughs> talking about this bullshit right because uh-huh. it's just one of those things i think because you live tweet it after everybody else people can actually catch what you're saying versus you know what everybody kind of live tweet it at once yeah. you know sometimes tweets get lost in the mix so far i haven't had one person do the Wait, why you gonna uh, tweet the show? I haven't watched it yet. Not yet, you mm-hmm. know, because this isn't my live tweeting account. It's just my regular account. But <gasps> okay, you know, I don't give a fuck. I'm out here on these streets living dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we have left good, bad, bad, but fun to watch. Okay, good. Fifteen percent of the people who watch this, fifteen um, percent of the people in this poll think it actually is a good show. Which I'm really surprised by. I I, I don't think it's very good. Four percent think it's just a bad show. They don't like it. I I can believe that. Like I can see people turning it off. Justin refuses to even start watching. I ain't watched it either. I'm just be making comments. Yeah, I hope y'all know I don't watch the show. So. And of course, the highest percentage is bad but fun to watch. Twenty percent, and I'm in that count. It's bad, but I don't really give a fuck. I'm having fun watching it. Live tweeting. And I don't believe in respectability politics. So. Mm-mm. If uh if it's bad, it doesn't have shit to do with me. At all. Like, even when they try to do, I'm going to expose homophobia in the black community. I'll be like, eh, some people's homophobia, not mine. Miss Crisable says, uh, oh, wait, no. Cabadonna replied first and said, Empire is like watching a dramatic reenactment of Basketball Wives. <laughs> Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, it's stupid, but before you got in, so enjoy. It's not slanting for niggas. Empire... <laughs> Empire is only slightly yeah. more ridiculous than How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. Well, here's the thing. Shonda would write circles around the plot of Empire at this point. Like, it's not even close, actually. It's 
like it's almost borderline disrespectful to put it up there with how to get away with murder and scandal not because it isn't as contrived and far-fetched i think i think those it can't i think those two things are accurate but as far as like a plot like there's plots that go back on scandal that the threads started two and three seasons ago mm-hmm. the complexity of that is not in this okay like this is so simple it like it's so simple they just introduce characters on a whim where it's like okay we need a scene where cookie's talking to, throw, throw her sister let's make her did, did we say she had a sister earlier it don't matter they ain't paying attention just put a just put a <laughs> sister in now yeah now now she got her sister oh never introduce her she she wasn't she you know oh so they just throw random characters in yeah it's not very good man um so uh it says uh I watched the first two episodes on Hulu while working on those TPS reports on Saturday. Now, you could be offended by the on-the-nose homophobia caricatures of hip-hop moguls or the lack of nuance in anyone's performance, but I'm not a salon writer, and I've got better things to do than look for a daily offense. I was able to laugh at its utter utter stupidity without being overly offended. Also, me and the missus are hooked on white people Ninja Ratchet, a.k.a. Revenge, on ABC, so who am I to talk? Right, yeah. That's one of the reasons I I do kind of like that the show's out there is just tired of people always being like every depiction of black people got to be great or else it's not, it doesn't count. Like, it's entertaining and that's it. And and it's entertaining and cops still shouldn't shoot black people. I can believe both of those things. Mm -hmm. Miss Crisable said, Empire is very soap opery, but is Taraji being extra sassy? Y'all can, uh, y'all, how can you not love it? It is. Plus, I'm using Empire to wean my mom away from the have and have nots and other Tyler Perry ratchetry, but music, plus musically, it's pretty decent. Musically, it's terrible, but y'all know I hate today's music in general. So. Yeah, a lot of people like, I, I'm digging the music. Yeah, I don't know how people are liking the music. It really is bad. Like, I tried. But yeah, but you bad. snobbish when it comes to music. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny when I say I'll, that. It's but. just Timberland, but, but you know what? If I played the music for you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Oh, okay. You know, like they can't cuss and they can't say the N-word. Oh. And it's rap. Oh. Right there. How, how do they terrible. get around that? They Like one time he was like freestyling like, yeah, man, I'm trying to come up with a hit. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they struggle trying to come up with a hit. And then eventually it'll be like, oh, here's a hit. Because uh, well, it's that ish. Yeah, because this, that ish. Uh-huh. Ish. Yep. That's exactly oh, what they said. Yep. Oh, what is this, T- the way TNT edit shit? And then one scene, he's supposed to be getting tough with his sons, and he was like, you three Negroes. And I was like, yeah. Not Negroes? He can't say niggas. Oh, you can say negro- Negroes, though. Yeah. They let him say faggot, though. They said faggot one time. And I was That's like, That's faggot wow. quota for the whole series. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how, I mean... He's like Lee Daniels is gay, but he's also black. So if he can like get faggot to say it on national TV, why can't he say nigger? Right. They was like, Oh, you've met that quota. You cannot use that word it no more, like, sir. Pick one. You yeah. pick one offensive term yeah. for this palette. Right. Nigger or faggot. Either one, the one you pick, you gotta not say the other one. And I noticed also the first episode of every series is called Palette. Always. Cause, is that because they expected to be so fly? <laughs> I don't know, but so you know it's the first one. I don't know, but I've realized that on, most people don't realize that unless you got like a DVR or some shit like that. Because when you go in and see the description, it li- yeah, it does. It always says pilot. Yeah, uh, we had episode eight sixty eight. Happy King Jackson Lee Day. 
freezer left a comment i'm convinced that mike huckabee is hating on beyonce like that to combat his own rampaging lust for her because being that hot for a black woman must be because of her intentional overt sexuality pretty sure when he's alone in his office he starts singing hellfire while flaming beyonce dances in the air around him i'm pretty sure he jacks his dick man that dude is so obsessed with beyonce i don't get it i know that it's a way for him to sell his book because you know when we see him doing it he's always selling his book Mm -hmm. it it must be the only thing worth talking about in that book because it's the only fucking thing people bring up in his interviews it's probably just a boring ass thing and then for him to be friends with ted nugent yeah and for him to be friends with ted nugent is just it's 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 offensive for him to have any fucking thing to say about beyonce you know ted nugent wrote songs about petting some girl's pussy like it's supposed to be a cat but also her vagina it's like yeah yeah you never heard that i know you heard where have i been now i gotta find it you played it on the show i believe so i know you i know keith and the girls played it um um but uh but yeah it was like something like i make that pussy purr is it pussy whip is this the one Uh, now i gotta actually listen to his music because of you Oh, wait, is this the name of the group? Oh, nah, that's not him. It, but it was, it's just something like, cause I make that pussy purr or something, I pet the pussy. <laughs> pet the pussy. Yeah, Mike Huckabee performed a sexually charged, sexually explicit song with Ted Nugent. Um, yeah, cause Mike Huckabee had like his own radio or TV show and he played the guitar and for give it. him money. And the lyrics were, well, I don't know where they come from, but they sure do come. I hope they coming for me. And I don't know how they do it, but they sure do it good. I hope they doing it for free. Let, yeah, Cat Scratch Fever, that was the name of it. They give me Cat Scratch Fever, Cat Scratch Fever. Well, the first time that I got it, I was just 10 years old. I got it from some kitty next door. And I went to see the doctor, and he gave me the cure. I think I got it some more. They gave me Cat Scratch Fever over and over. All right. Uh, it's nothing dangerous. I feel no pain. I get the choo-choo. I've got the choo-choo train. You know you got it when you're going insane. It makes a grown man cry, cry. Oh, won't you make my bed? Well, I make the pussy purr with the stroke of my hand. They know they getting it from me. They know just where to go when they needing their loving man. They know I'm doing it for free. So he was, mm. Mike Huckabee's on the stage playing guitar as these lyrics have been saying. Right. But Beyonce needs to calm her shit, right? Right. And, and, and yeah. Right. It's just But pure, anybody else says anything and it happens to be a quote unquote black genre music, you can't talk about it, right? We right. got, for some reason, this morals and standards and you just, you know, Cuban being with this dude doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ the Engineer says, sorry for your family's loss, Rod. I appreciate your grandmother for a role in TBGWT's creation. Having said that, fuck Mike Huckabee, and why can't Ted Nugent get eaten by a mountain lion or some shit? Peace, <laughs> peace y'all. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend to you too, sweetie. <laughs> and the poll was, oh, thank you, obviously. Uh, the poll was, uh, does it make you a prostitute to look for a sugar daddy slash sugar mama? Because, you know, that was a... Uh, one of the ball alerts and mm-hmm. the women were very divided in the comments um, um on that episode uh, in the in the section on that article 
yes you're still arranging sex for money no it's not prostitution very close vote here very close 45 percent of you guys said it's not prostitution 55 percent said yeah it's still prostitution uh miss crisable says leave them girls be <laughs> if i wasn't too burdened by a really annoying conscience shooting uh shoot what wait if i wasn't yeah shoot what definitely would get my sugar baby on but no i had to actually at least like the person inside and outside before oh person inside but outside before i have sex with them and money and all secondary and what not to character and general good personary before i have sex with someone she's i'm such a dweeb but to folks so she said she got the kill mm-hmm but the folks talking about this prostitution stop it stop no matter no matter of fact y'all right we women shouldn't seek stability especially not black women Mm-mm, nope we need to use we need to use as karen would say sympathy and empathy to decide who to have sex with pity sex for everybody as far as the household you know us black women are supernatural magical negroes who are everything to everybody and have zero needs wants and desires of our own matter of fact when we start to get nice things we literally start to spoil and that's when our good black starts to crack so fellas by no means should you go out of your way to capture the attention or or impress us we love broke ashy unmotivated mama boys the ashier the better mm, yep hugs and kisses miss <laughs> christopher no then she writes uh out of correct is the devil person i don't know that heifer i was trying to type person and money is all secondary and whatnot my bad y'all please don't be me daddy no um no well she was the only one commenting on that i guess you guys didn't find that a very interesting poll but i did um me too and yeah i do think that um it's prostitution so i don't know i mean you look for somebody with money to help pay your shit so I ain't bad. I mean, I'm not. The, the problem is, how do you feel about prostitution? Right. I don't have any compunction with it. I have mm-hmm. no problem about it. I wish it was legal just yes. so it wouldn't be so fucking dangerous. I wish all states had brothel houses like what's at the Bunny Ranch where you can go to a spot. That's where you know everybody at. Yeah. You know they constantly getting tested. You know they got health care. You know they clean. You know, and, and, and people, women of all shapes, sizes, and colors, I, I rather you do that. And that way, uh, you, it's safer for the women and it's safer for the men that's gonna have sex with them regardless. I don't know what it is about people thinking you can control people not wanting to pay for sex because it's always product. As long as we wanna have sex, there'll be somebody selling and there'll be somebody buying it. Right. So at least we can make it legal and, and safe. And safer, you know? Uh, we had, ep- so this is episode 869 was the next episode, Nerd of Movies, where we talked about, we talked with Mike Lawrence uh comedian and friend of the show and uh podcast host of nerd of mouth uh or one of the three mm-hmm. uh we had comments uh i don't know how to pronounce this person's name Me and i don't want to fuck it up but it's t-a-o-u-i-o-u-i taui hope i didn't fuck that up too much um so uh, it says i told y'all that i would sign up and got sick but i put it through the day keep up the great work i'm gonna start listening to my premium content thank you 
thank you sweetie appreciate y'all to do that man and if you are premium like we appreciate you going out and listening to it and mm-hmm. like i said shoot me an email if you have any issues mm-hmm. please uh, do. i know i gotta email someone back they forgot their password and I, I can hook that up for you uh but yeah if you have an issue just hit me up and uh we'll take care of it for you yeah we thank you for posting on twitter facebook and google plus that you're listening and the shows that you like some people actually live treat the premium shows mm-hmm. so we appreciate that too and it's almost like a badge of honor it's one of those things but hey i'm premium are you yeah uh sugar bay said regarding selma i went to see selma with a person of the caucasian persuasion <laughs> and that person too thought it wasn't well done they thought it should have focused more on MLK. I retorted, it's called Selma. It's about Selma, not a movie about MLK. He wasn't the only person involved in the civil rights movement. Ugh. Well, I will say this. I haven't seen it yet, but are we sure that Mrs. Hayek deserves her own biopic already? You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fan of Mrs. Hayek as much as the next man, but I don't know if we should nominate something for an oscar just because it's on her life all right i don't think she's lived that great of a life just think Mrs. about Hayek. it mm-hmm. selma oh. and, and that what this about no oh oh shit then I, that's what i'm sitting here going huh well i would have well i'm definitely not seeing this movie then i don't even know it's not even about selma Hayek. no it's not then i won't be <laughs> keep my money then shit uh i don't even know what you negroes is mad about then yeah <laughs> All this fighting all week about Oscars and shit, and I thought we was talking about Selma Hayek. Uh, they mythologize MLK to the point that they are only here for the I have a dream speech. I decided I don't, I no longer care what anyone thinks about Selma. I loved it, and once it's out on DVD, I'll get a copy. I don't care if people think I'm biased because I support, I support good black films and good black directors. I've seen almost all the movies nominated for Best Picture, except for American Sniper and Boyhood, and I still prefer Selma here's the thing about that sugar babe and i would like to express this for everybody um if you're in a marginalized group you ain't wrong for supporting y'all shit Mm -mm. because there's a ton of people that aren't in the marginalized group that only support their own shit ain't that the truth that's why the oscar's so white now you know, so no one gets to wag the fucking finger at you for being like, oh, you're going to support black movies? Fuck them. Yeah, I do. Sometimes I want to see reflections of myself in things. I'm not a bad person wanting to see that. And my wanting to see that does not ostracize anyone. I don't have the power or the control. And I don't think black people should have to take a step back from wanting awards uh, and wanting to be recognized because the medium is the medium and the genre is the genre and the awards are the awards. And if the awards are going to be seen as these symbolic things that stand for milestones in the conversation and in general with American conscious, you don't get to pull away from that shit because you don't, you don't want to do it this year. Nope. I'm sorry. So you shouldn't have to feel bad about that. And we, and the thing is we don't really um get enough diversity in the selection process in mm-hmm. the movie making process nope. and the only way it's going to happen is through us supporting reflections of ourselves especially those that we feel are well done there should be no shame in that and if that person can't understand they can't understand and also if you like the movie and you saw the other movies and you just like it better you just do 
because there's a lot of people that don't like black movies because they just don't get it right this happens every single year when there's a movie about the black experience there's going to be a ton of white people they really don't get it you know it's like there's white people that saw fruitvale station like i i I guess it's sad but what's the big deal about this guy you know that there's people that saw um um uh 12 years a slave and they were just like well it's just you know it's a sad movie it's just a little too brutal for me there's a lot of people that just don't get it that's fine people aren't gonna get it but they shouldn't make you feel bad and definitely i I appreciate you not letting people try to make you feel bad about supporting black people black directors black products because you know why we support those things because those things support us Mm -hmm. they cater to us they they have us in mind when they're thought of and a lot of the default decision making in hollywood in america is just we're gonna uh approach this as if only white people exist and no one else you know when sony's talking about we won't even give denzel another movie they're approaching it like let's pretend only white people exist and that will fix everything and we have to remind them we exist by supporting our own shit and being vocal about it period like our podcast our podcast is basically founded on the fact that hey we do a podcast to me and Karen. It's just our podcast. Right. But to a lot of people in the world, it's a black podcast. <laughs> That's the truth. Like I don't wake up every morning and go, how am I black my podcast up today? Mm-hmm. These are the topics that interest me. And I'll never be ashamed of that. Just, you know, I'm never going to be ashamed of being black or have an interest in race and be in blackness and nope. supporting our, our, our people and, and the things that I like. Everything I like or dislike by na- by just by the nature that I like or dislike, it becomes black by that by itself. Like, Cause it's a black, it's a thing that a black person is interested in. So if I like fucking Mad Men, Mad Men becomes some black shit because I'm a nigga and I watch it. So it's not, you know what I mean? So it's right. every, like, it's not like, th- there shouldn't be no like definitions and no boxes put on us because we like shit. And it shouldn't be outside of the box that for us to support our own shit. Fuck that. Right. And also for me, I guess the thing about it and the problem that I always have is that when white people like shit, nobody ever goes, well, you like your shit and you liking your shit offends me and you liking your shit makes me feel less than. No, they just like they shit too. All, All right. jokes aside, but for some reason, us liking anything that's non-white all of a sudden becomes a problem, becomes divisive. There's something wrong with you for not understanding our culture, but right. you never take the time to understand our culture. And, right. and I have a problem with that. Like whatever you like, but, but, but don't chastise me because I like something just because is black because there are a lot of white people that like shit just because it's white and that's right. okay too and we, but here's the thing we don't g- give them that complex about it true like they just get to like when you say i liked um what's some real white shit this year oh um uh that movie um obvious child it's a very white movie no offense to the people that made it I'm not saying it's a bad movie but it's a very white movie. There's like one black person with speaking lines. Uh, maybe one person of any other race other than just white or Jewish with speaking lines. That being said, movie's good. When people talk about that movie, they don't say, oh, you mean the Jewish movie? Oh, you mean the woman movie? Oh, you mean... No, it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. It's good or it's bad on its own merits. When you talk about Selma, it's the black movie. When you Correct. talk about Beyond the Lights, it's the black movie. When we talk about The Wedding Ringer, it's going to count as a black movie. So They do that to, dis- to dismiss the whole genre. Right. It just, yeah, it just marginalizes people. And, you know, you're not wrong for enjoying or supporting that shit. Because there's some shit. I-, I will never get on black people for supporting 
our image is our images and other things even even if it's an image i don't approve of even right. if it's not quality Mm-mm. i don't even get on people for watching tyler perry me shit either i'm not that guy like nope you know people hit me up all the time on twitter like oh did you see this bullshit tyler perry doing and i'm like good for him man my yeah. mama likes those movies so what what you want me to say <laughs> you know what i mean right. stop going to these movies like nah it's, i might not go enjoy it i might not go see it but i don't blame black people we've been so- starved right and what? when you've been starved you're gonna fucking eat when you get food you eat at the opportunity that you get it and if that opportunity is selma if that opportunity is um whatever that's what it is that being said you saw other movies and still feel that selma stands on its own marriage as better movies that's not a black thing that's just your opinion and nothing's wrong with that right um the last comment was kyle he said i agree with rye when he says that the oscars are now about more than just picking the best movies see the thing people don't understand about movies is that they can be very expensive to make you need money to make movies and connections help you get money in hollywood you need to support the industry and the oscars represent the industry i mean the oscars are basically one big ass party for hollywood connections are made and careers are elevated and that's why the oscars are such a big deal and that's why it isn't just about getting the validation of white people not only that, it's also not about what was the best movie that year. Correct. Because I keep hearing people say that as the argument. Well, maybe it just wasn't. She's not one of the five best directors this year. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe these movies are better. And then with to a man, every or woman, every single time I go, well, so you know what the five movies were? Well, nah. Or did you see them all? Nah. Nope. So then maybe she was. You just don't know. And what, what you do know is that she would have been the first and only black female director nominated and that's some shit that they do is try to break that ground so they just decided they didn't want to break the ground because hey it's too too soon after 12 years of slave and uh on this episode we also talked about the whitney houston movie that came on lifetime mm-hmm. yeah that karen loved i enjoyed it did you enjoy the whitney houston movie this is to our audience this is just one of those things yeah. where it's like damn yes it was good four percent yes but it was bad two percent i feel like i'm in that kind of oh no no actually i'm not i'm in this next category nine percent said it was just okay i'm in that category i enjoyed it um but it wasn't really good no it was terrible six percent 80 percent of the audience did not even watch it I believe that too. I enjoyed watching it. Like I said, it was just one of those things where for me, it was, it wasn't like the best thing ever. Cause it's for goddamn lifetime. Um, but it was one of those things where I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the bad acting by the dude to play Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, it was almost like a flashback. I, she was wearing the white stockings. I mean, my ass wearing the white stockings. Fake Nick Cannon baby face was good. Right. So it, it was like those parts of it, you know, I enjoyed. She did great lip syncing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so overall, I was just partying and having flashbacks about when I was a child and listening to her music. And, you know, it was just making a lot of times when we was live tweeting, people was like, hey, uh, you know, these are the outfits that they had on doing this shot. So for me, it was more of that's why I enjoyed the experience like that. But I think if I would have just watched it without the Twitter experience, no. The nostalgia was good, and I'm not even a big Whitney fan. It was just good nostalgia to see 90s. Bobby Brown, nineties, mm-hmm. uh, Babyface, night like it's just a good trip through R and B history, and 
It was just funny. Yeah, and there was a lot of, of, of music that they, that they didn't even touch. Right. You know, they didn't even perform because I didn't really know where they were going to take it and how they were going to end it. Um, oh, but like I said, overall, I, I really did enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, experience. I know. And for once me, I realized that, um, the movie was basically going to be Bobby Brown is the best person ever. Mm-hmm. I was, I was in for the hilarity. Oh yeah. Bobby Brown saying no to the drugs. I was like, nigga, what? Yeah. Um, I think the movie should have been called Bobby and Whitney, a love story. It really seemed like the main sources were Bobby Brown and Clive Davis. If my ex-husband and former employer got together and wrote a tell-all about my life, I think it would be all my bad decisions for the world to see, including picking them. The Robin character, instead of alluding to the perceived homosexual relationship between her and Whitney, they just had the woman dress butch and gave Bobby the steak eye. Just lazy. That was from Chi-Chi. Um, someone in the chat said they're tired of the movies that get recognized being slave movies um, and movies about black struggle or whatever, civil rights. Um, here's the thing about that, though. Those are the kind of stories that are kind of big enough to be recognized uh, for the black experience at this moment. I think we need to go through this shit before we get to that point where we can go uh these other movies need to get all the credit you know also um should these stories not get recognized or should they not get made because there's never been a martin luther king movie on this level what done this well so you know i like i think i think there's like a shame inside of us like we don't want to talk about it we don't want to re think about it we don't even want to know our own history Y'all do realize we're not the bad guys in these movies. This doesn't make me bad. This doesn't make me feel bad. At one point, America was full of people that owned slaves. That's not bad reflection on black people at all. And I understand that there's pain in those memories and thoughts, but those things happened. Those stories need to be told. Um, So I'm okay with 12 Years a Slave. I'm okay with Bell. I'm okay with um selma i'm i'm okay with that you know fruitvale station i'm okay with that there are other movies that come out and people just act like those fucking movies didn't come out that year because we're so obsessed with our pain the best man holiday did come out you know um beyond the lights did come out um some terrible spike lee movies always come out like there's other movies out there we just glom on to like this the only black movie they gonna talk about it's like well, it was, had a bigger budget. There was bigger actors. It was done better. Like, yeah, that's why I got nominated. If, you know, Beyond the Light still was a movie that came out last year. How many people didn't see that, but then bitch about Selma? Like, I feel like people want it both ways on this shit. And if you do good work and the story centers around something like this, then it's good work. You know, how many movies involving Nazis or the Holocaust come out every fucking year? And, you know, the good ones get recognized, you know? Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, and, and there's only so many narratives to tell. And this is one that actually is undertold in my opinion. You know, I don't think it's been told enough. Yeah. And sometimes I, and I think for me, uh, that, that is just part of our experience. It's like these other things are part of people's experience. And it's just one of those things where, um, you always have a generation whenever these movies come out. This is the first time they're actually seeing it live and all that stuff. So that, so to me, that matters. And also, um, to me, 
diver that's part of diversity diversity is being able to tell stories about pain and also being able to tell stories about joy being able to tell stories about love being able to tell stories about you know all genres of your life and it's just one of those things where like you were saying for some reason whenever things come out about pain and about hurt especially with the black community we have a tendency to run towards it and we have a ten and a lot of times it's us saying well this is the only movie that we think is going to get acceptance a lot of times too not everybody thinks like this but a lot of times like oh oscar time this is what they're going to talk about it's war season this is what they're going to talk about but they may have actually sometimes have been better movies made about other shit that was not about pain and suffering and sorrow but, but we gloss across those well look at what's nominated though for for the most part american sniper movie by a dude that fucking gets killed uh when he gets home you know mm -hmm. and the trauma of ptsd and all this shit um you know uh the imitation game which was about a gay dude that um they ended up um uh throwing in jail for being gay even though he basically like decoded the 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 not the code for um the the that the bad guys are using but he got a high being gay um, like y all the movies are going to be something kind of fucked up. You know, I think boyhood Correct. is about like a child of divorce and all that. Like it's gonna, like, that's what they award. Now it's funny to me. I say all this, it's just taking rod aside. Do understand. I don't give a fuck about the Oscars, but, mm -mm. but that's also because, um, maybe I, it's arrogance whatever you want to call it i don't really give a fuck about anybody's opinion but my own like the mood like when it comes to me enjoying art it's what i think right if i enjoy transformers 4 it's no one on this earth that can tell mm -hmm. me i can't enjoy that movie right it's shitty i don't give a fuck it's yeah. bad i don't give a fuck it's poorly written i don't give a fuck they're acting terrible i don't give a fuck it's about big ass real bots i don't give a fuck just like these people to vote they don't give a fuck about your goddamn opinion either so so do recognize that maybe i'm coming from a different place than most people but in general i think a lot of these movies end up being about that kind of bullshit at least the ones that win you mm. know oh so obscure that 20 people seen it you like how like the fuck philadelphia is, that is about gay people getting aids and shit you know like <laughs> i like i um it's I, I don't say this i get it you know what i'm saying i i'm not i personally think there's a cornucopia of shit it's just with black stuff since there's less of it we have more of a feeling of this gotta hit you know it's like watching right. a black quarterback i don't want this black quarterback to suck so now i'm rooting for him and all this shit but uh i, I think there's a lot of good black movies that come out that we just kind of go yeah right i'm not gonna see it or correct whatnot and the ones that get the biggest push so far are the ones about suffering but that's because those are the ones that do the best in hollywood like movies yeah. about suffering movies about serious sad shit they don't put comedies up here in the best picture award like no they don't they don't treat comedy seriously nope. they don't treat uh they don't treat the comic book movie seriously you telling me guardians of the galaxy wasn't the top 10 movie for this fucking year for everybody right it like they don't treat certain shit seriously and i think that gets translated into people don't want to see nothing but black people suffer it's like no these these uptight fucking prudes just want to see a bunch of suffering and shit every year They're, like there's nothing like even that movie um blue jasmine the movie's not fucking it's not really funny it's it's kind of sad and but the woman's sad and pathetic i, I wasn't laughing because it was it was like a uh, wow this person's borderline fucking crazy 
and people are like oh such a good movie such a good movie right. it's just like i've been watching the oscar screeners that i got uh for being a, that we got for being a critic mm-hmm. uh the movies aren't funny they're not very entertaining that way it's a lot of serious solemn look how serious my face is acting and it's like that i don't like that shit so to me i don't really give a fuck the the ones that i end up seeing normally are like selma or some shit because it's black the rest of them i don't really care right and also it's just one of those things where like you say the the com the the thing that put like this all these most of these awards really don't give a fuck about the mass general public let's just to keep that real a lot of people don't want to say that because the number one grossing movie of the year is never a lot of times unless it's a sad drama it's never a nominated for the best movie batman isn't nominated the avengers won't be nominated like it's it's shit that comes out that's not nominated or it's shit that comes out where it might have been the best movie of the year, but if it's a trilogy, we'll give it to you once your trilogy finishes versus yeah, so you much, winning year after year after year like you're supposed to. Yeah, there's so much politics involved in the shit, too. Like like you said, there's a, it's more than just was the movie good or not, and I think people need to stop treating it that way. The reason that I'm saying they should recognize Ava DuVernay is not because of whether the movie was even good or not. Critics thought it was good. That's good enough for me. Now, why the fuck didn't it get nominated? Because it would have made a political statement. That's what y'all are about. Don't act like you're about grading what movie was the best this year because you, you haven't been about that ever. Um, all right. We got episode 870, Big Booty Privilege. Um, let's read the comments. DK86 says, I have a four-year-old son. And the guest array story about the vigilante teacher, along with my general perception of care providers, that they are underpaid and on the verge of, if not completely submerged into the waters of burnout, has led me to constantly teach my son that these are people just like us, that teachers, caregivers have feelings, and we should be respectful of those who to have a better chance of successfully navigating through life and around these crazies. As a parent, I feel attempting to establish and maintain good communication with my son's teachers helps them to see that they are appreciated and respected and not alone in the development of my child. That's good. That's a good approach, man. Mm-hmm. More people need to do that. Like whenever we do, whenever I do talk to teachers, they always like, yeah, these parents don't really get involved. Yeah, they don't care. I, I call, I go out of my way, I email. You know, now a lot of uh, schools are like, um, tech savvy so now you know kid don't show up you get a text message kid don't show up you get an email you know so they're going out of their way but you have just people who have children and they just don't give a fuck uh tunde writes as far as the women who were expelled from delta sigma theta people who have a problem with it seem to forget that incorporate that incorporated at the end it's a business and dst is protecting their brand if i were an employee for pepsi and i went on tv and said as an employee for pepsi i do this this and this without approval from pepsi who would feel sorry for me if pepsi decided to fire me it's not that it's not that bad and who's to say there's not something in their bylaws that doesn't allow for things like such i just don't understand the outrage people care how their organization is represented is their organization i'm one tune i'm not outraged so um i don't think anybody's really outraged about it i think we're just calling it kind of bullshit respectability politics right and it's more about this idea that um don't like it's gonna make us look bad i can tell from your your response you probably didn't watch anything uh that happened because they didn't do shit that was my problem is they just didn't do shit and the second that uh, they let those ladies cross the line and the second that they, they those ladies paid their fucking dues, 
they get to say they're a member of that thing and until it's taken away from them they were it's not like they went on tv and lied they can go on tv and go um you know i like it's, it's like if you would have went on tv and you were paying to be a member of the ymca and you said hey i'm a member of the ymca and i do blank and then the ymca was like no the fuck you don't and took your membership away my question is what did they do that needed to have their membership taken away that's my question and is that bad enough to do get it taken away i don't think anything they did on the show was bad enough or rose to the level of embarrassing anybody i don't think it was i just think these motherfuckers got uptight that it was a reality show on vh1 right and that was enough they were like fuck that it's bad i know we don't need to watch it we just it's okay when when it happens to other people but not us Right. Like I said, my, my problem is there is other people to do ratchet ass shit, part of other organizations and a part of these same organizations, but they just don't push and promote it and say that they're part of it so they can still do their ratchet ass shit on television. You, What's the difference? You do know there's other people that are in sororities and shit that are on reality TV, right? Right. K. Michelle's in the sorority and she's on TV. Correct. Somehow they never felt her actions rose to needing to be expelled they never you know? feel like taking it away and, and that's the problem that i have if you're gonna have a problem with this show we'll put it like this your, your moral standards that's the problem i have with if this is going to be your moral standard anybody in your organization that you find out that a part of this reality shows are automatically get suspended or, or disbanded or disowned if those are your standards but these are not your standards these are only your standards because the name of the show was called goddamn sorority sisters and you was like no you will not go out here embarrassing us right that's the problem that i have anonymous said i read an article where a woman lost her limbs because whatever she injected into her butt in that in what universe is it safe to have any medical procedure in a hotel room i feel the same way about the real housewives and their at-home botox parties i really wish people would be smarter about their bodies and especially when you're putting foreign objects chemicals in their body side note kevin gates said hitting a young girl hitting a girl with butt injections from the back is like Having two kneecaps smash into your pelvis. Hilarious. Oh. Yeah, I don't know much about this Kevin Gates guy. Mm-mm. Trying not to. Uh, Prince Laurent says, I think the obstacle holding Priscilla Ward, who, the lady who wrote the article about suppressing her blackness, uh, back is herself. Yeah, I think when we got to the end of the article, that's exactly what we said. I mean, because she even said in her article she needed to free herself. So... I think she even understands that. But uh let's get back to this. When Rob was reading the article, I kept hearing things that didn't make sense. I read the article and I noticed that the tone of the article didn't fit the facts she was presenting. The first thing I noticed is that she if she was homeschooled from K twelve K two through twelve, I'm not knocking it, but that might be why she finds it more difficult than others interacting with different groups of people. It might, maybe. I don't know. The second thing I noticed is that she called Temple a mini HBCU. I kind of understand, but can't detach myself from the fact that Temple is over 60% white and only 10 to 13% black. It stands out because she is trying to make herself the blackest person on the planet. Her, my, her music was Miles Davis and Nina Simone, and fuck all those white actors and singers that her white coworkers talked about. She didn't even know who they are because she only listened to black shit. She only feels comfortable using the sister girl language she used when she interned at Essence. That, that felt like an overcompensation to me yeah i could see somebody feeling that way you know like and i think that happens a lot of times with racial identity like you might overcompensate like we're all kind of dealing with 
different scars and different things in our upbringing you know i can see someone over definitely overcompensating i can see you reading it into it that way too like you know some of the stuff she that what she described herself as like natural hair enthusiast and da 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 i was like this sound like a typical like like what someone that was making a joke about a black person like this would write you know what i'm saying like it's that cliche the biggest thing I noticed is that she only talked about things she was afraid would happen. She never provided any example of white people around her being out of pocket or being overly disinterested in black in black issues. Also, she shitted on her uh on her roommate for no reason. It is perfectly understandable for him to be confused about what happened in Ferguson the past the first couple of days after it happened. I remember that mainstream did the mainstream did a terrible job of reporting and that happened so a lot of people had little information to work with. Her roommate came to her and asked her what was going on and she brushed him off. The same roommate asked her about the protest and was rushed off again. Two examples of that roommate bringing up those issues with her, but her article characterizes him as another white man not interested in race. Uh, I don't, maybe I need to reread the article. I didn't take that he wasn't interested in race necessarily. I just think she just didn't want to address it. Yeah, it felt mm-hmm. more like she was, she has always uh and i think this happens a lot she seems to have always kind of compensated for what she thinks white people would think right and it's not like the reality sometimes right and so you know i don't think i could have friends that i couldn't make comfortable or even an uncomfortable conversation with and she doesn't seem to really be able to even broach topics like this with white people because she's so scared of what they will or won't say mm-hmm. or that they will be ignorant and maybe they will be but you that's how you learn yeah and uncomfortable but, conversation gotta happen right but a lot of people build up the walls but i just don't want to deal with your ignorance so i'll just be like fuck it yeah like she says i couldn't handle revealing too much i wanted to avoid a loaded conversation i took a deep breath and exhale closed my bedroom door picked up the phone and spoke in whispers about how racist these non-indictments were to my parents and to my socially conscious white and black friends so yeah she you know like she doesn't want to have a real life interaction with Mm-mm. people based on this and it's her holding it back right. i think she says it because she says at the end but i want to stop tiptoeing around race my blackness is not a secret i have to keep i want to be able to publicly express my honest admiration for being black outside of my little black planet i don't want to feel marginalized like i can't speak hard truths about myself Having honest and challenging conversations with people of another race will hopefully disrupt other people's ignorance, but it will also help me. I need to stop with my mental temper tantrums. I want to get free. So like I said, I feel like she even recognizes it's on her. Right. No one's stopping her. No one's, n- no one's marginalizing her. No one's, you know. Uh, yeah, this dude could be a very cool dude, but she's saying because of my hangups, I'm causing a conflict. Yeah, you know. So you see, you know, she's just. And, and and I think this happens a lot too because when you're un what's the word best word when you're diluting yourself when you're diluting yourself around other people people get comfortable mm-hmm. and sometimes you overhear people say shit that makes you go this would not be a good idea to try to have a conversation with them so she may be doing that but she didn't write that in her article. Like, she would need to write down, like, uh, this is some racist shit that they said, and I realized I couldn't talk about Mike Brown with them. 
but she didn't really do a good job of illustrating that you know so to me she just kind of came off you know no offense to that lady i'm sure she's a nice person she kind of came off like a little bit of a racial coward like i'm uh, I don't know what'll happen if I bring it up. So why even talk about it at all? You right. Know? And a lot of people do that because they go, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to find out you're racist. I, I, right. I don't want to deal with more questions. I don't want to deal with you inquiring. And a lot of it is that that's the problem. Nobody wants to have a conversation because yeah. you have black people to go, well, fuck it. You just don't understand. I'm not going to take the time to teach you. This is not my job. You're going to ask me a bunch of ignorant ass questions that I don't really feel like answering. You're too old not to know. Like a lot of people, a lot of black people have their own literally their own hang up so it's not just white people being ignorant a lot of times just black people gonna fuck it i'm not if you don't know by now i'm not gonna waste my time but that causes problems because these conversations still need to be had i think it see i don't think it's that i think it's i don't want to know if that you're racist right because my so opinion I, would, about you would I have to live here and i don't want to have to have either made a, a compromise or made a choice so I'm rather not even talk to you about it on the offhand that you might be. Right, because uh, I will view you completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never provided any example of white people around her being out of pocket. Okay, let's see. In my opinion, her biggest problem, she's uncomfortable discussing race and projected that onto her coworkers and roommates. She decided to suppress her blackness before she ever interacted with any of those people. I may be wrong, but I doubt the white women at her job would notice any real difference between hello and hey, girl. I found it odd that she decided not uh to fuck with any of those white people but also never fuck with black people either she lives in ny there is not a shortage of niggas there she made a decision to only operate in white circles the truest quote from her article when she stated was when she stated she needed a place where i could sit there trying to untangle my fro and make sense of what it means to be an african-american woman in this country I hope she didn't think she would get that from white people. That is a person, a personal struggle that she is going through and that she has to figure out mostly by herself. It's like she created her own mental prison and is struggling to escape. The article should have focused on that aspect, but comes across as a piece about her white surrounding forces forcing her to suppress her true self. Yeah, I think, yeah, whoever picked the title, if she did or they did, it's kind of a bad title, but right, I it's, agree. it's much more of a, you know, it, to me is much more about her but keep in mind the title well no i take it back i take that absolutely back no the title's perfect i'm tired of suppressing myself to get along with white people that's exactly what she did and the article is exactly it goes on to explain exactly that she suppresses herself because the perception is it will help me get along better with white people so no i don't i don't think anything's wrong with that yeah and she's dealing with a struggle that uh literally a lot of black people deal with all the time where you right. literally put your mind in these prisons where you just feel like you're locked and you can't be free and you can't be you and you can't talk about blackness you can't discuss blackness you can't anything about race or color you automatically just run and run away from because the second you do and, and on top of that like you said before, I think once people start having these conversations, two things are going to happen. You're either going to realize this person is ignorant and I'm opening their mind. And honestly, you can learn some shit, too, because a lot of times people fail to realize this shit goes both ways because you have preconceived notions also. But that's something that people don't want to talk about. People always think it's just the white people being ignorant. There's a lot of black people that are ignorant, too, um, or just make assumptions about things based off of what people told them. And even sometimes real life experiences. But just like it's not all black people, it's not all white people either. And so it's just one of those things where people have got to be open minded to really 
willing to have these conversations. So it's best to say, okay, you're just racist. I don't, I don't want to know that, but it's best to go, okay, you're racist. Well, our relationship has got to change because I'm not going to be around racist people, be it extreme black people or extreme white people. I just don't like to deal with that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like she just need to get out of her own head a little bit and, it's like learning to swim have a couple awkward conversations it won't kill you guys all right Mm-mm. it's okay to be un- it's okay to have an uncomfortable conversation uh, honestly that's what helps make friendships more real it does it does i remember uh one time and i was in college about 20 22 23 and uh this lady she had came in and her hair was all curly and she looked at my she was like i got a perm and i looked at her and i was so taken out Bitch, your hair curly. Oh, what the fuck you mean you got a perm? And I was like, I, and I literally asked her, but your hair's curly. And she was like, yeah. She was like, perms make my hair curly. And then, like, like it was a group of women, white women and black women, and we talked about perm relaxers. And that's when I realized in the black community, uh, we switch perm and relaxers. We call them the same thing, but technically they're not. And so, so honestly, not trying to find like that opened up my eyes to what that meant and texture of hair and all that stuff, but if I hadn't asked a question and we hadn't sat there and had this conversation, these are things that I just wouldn't, wouldn't honestly would not have known. And I know it's like a small conversation, but I was just ignorant, you know, just to this and to the fact and the texture of his hair. So to me, yes, it was a strange conversation. It's a weird conversation, but she was really open and she just explained and, and things like that. But the conversation has got to be had somewhere. Not having a conversation does not fix the issue and not having a conversation. All it does is, prolong the trap that you have put on and the lot that you have put on your mind and it doesn't open your mind a lot of times set you free yeah and if this person decided to be your friend then why the fuck wouldn't they like they're not your friend if they won't have this conversation or if this one conversation just turns them completely off from you then they weren't your friend and they're probably a racist so y'all probably shouldn't even be friends in the first place don't be you can't walk around scared to lose a friend ain't that the truth sorry guys that's it's and not everybody's gonna be able to make it no like they it. not mm-hmm. uh sugar bay says i really think anthony mackie was still channeling his character from the movie in black or white he plays an ancient black father in that movie kevin costner plays the i say black people but i'm in the i'm the but the i keeps it real white man who tells black people they ain't shit and i'll use the n-word but i'm not a racist character there were so many black stereotypes in the movie People saw this movie? Wow. I sat in the theater so pissed. FYI, I got free tickets. Oh, okay. Now we see. Uh, <laughs> to see this at the Toronto Film Festival and hope there would be more nuance. I slapped myself even thinking it would have been nuanced and would make an attempt to address black and white issues. There was so much more they could have done with this movie. I actually am kind of interested in seeing that movie, but if it's that, if it's really that lopsided, I might not see it. Mm-mm. Leslie Mack said, I already left a voicemail um, in response uh, to this episode, and specifically to the article about being black around white people, which had my personal thoughts. But I wanted to respond to the comment made on this page by Prince Laurent. I think as Rod and Karen said on the show that being open and honest with people, especially about your race and all that comes with it, is important in creating lasting dialogue, change, and relationships. However, there is a real risk to being your authentic self that this woman is correct and to both feel and articulate. It isn't about her being uncomfortable talking about race. She mentions her black friends or white friends who get it and her family that she talks to about these things all the time. 
from my personal experience when i was active in social justice but not blasting it from all my social networking pages emails etc white friends and even some black ones were all too comfortable to treat me the way they always have the minute i start i became full of a full-time activist and started posting the work that i was doing and highlighting the work of others all that quote-unquote support dried up i used to be invited to to the movies to lunch get togethers for a couple dinners since uh since i started doing this work nada i'm open and clear about myself and my convictions and it has led to a severe isolation from people i thought liked or even loved me i would caution against assuming this issue is with her when the risk associated with being your authentic self with some people in your life is slash are very real what that said i'm much happier being myself and say fuck the haters with a thousand amens for my brothers and sisters in the movement peace leslie matt you know what i i agree and, and it's just one of those things where like we was talking about before about you know branching out and doing your own and living your life dreams and passions the thing about life is that everybody isn't going to be in your life forever and a lot of people only like you as long as you're quote unquote safe as long as you don't challenge them, as long as you don't make them think, as long as you don't um, get them in a place where they have to think about the social injustice and the things going on in the world. Uh, the second you remind them that you're black, the second you remind them that there's something different about you, the second that you remind them of this, it becomes a problem. Um, and those people, a lot of people fade away if, if, the, if this is how they really felt all along. And, but that's okay because I feel like if you grow and you evolve, everybody's not going to go with you to the next level of your life, whatever to the next level of your life is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the thing about growing and, and evolving is that wherever you are, you're going to have people that only like you there. The second you begin to grow and evolve and change, and this happens in all genres, not only with social activism, but this began about gay rights. This begins about when you talk about people killing black people. You know, once you start getting into this shit that really matters to your heart and shit that you really are passionate about and you begin to voice and you begin to tell people your dismay that you're not happy about this bullshit and when you really begin to tell people this, all of a sudden, they be, oh, I didn't know you were like that. And all of a sudden, the, the comfort zone or what they thought you was is not really what you were. They begin to fade away. But that's okay because the thing I realized about growing and evolving is as you grow and evolve there are other people growing and evolving with you and you will meet up and you will link up and you will get a whole nother group of friends that will be on your same level whatever that level is and do not let your fear of growing and evolving and changing and losing this person because sometimes losing people out of your life is sometimes the best thing that could ever happen because a lot of times these people are goddamn dead weight and you didn't even realize it once you become free and once you begin get to the point in your life where you're like well goddamn, i can really be me that's where you can find true happiness and that's where you can get to the point in your life that you can really begin to grow and evolve and really put people around you that really loved you because there's a lot of people that i realized that in the world they have a lot of fake love it is not real it is not genuine and it is not coming from the heart i only love you as long as you can do for me i only love you as long as you're in a place where you make me feel comfortable i only love you as long as i feel like uh, you meet these certain criterias and standards because a lot of times, uh, just as people, we want friends. We want camaraderie. We want to be around people, and that's great. But what people fail to realize is that 
You have to surround yourself around people that are really, really, truly there for you. You have to. And a lot of times people, you grow and you learn and you evolve and you change and everybody's not going to grow on that trip with you. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more, but also I like to add a couple things. She even says the issue is in her head. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. The issue being in her head doesn't mean there won't be real world consequences for her basically saying, I'm going to stop pushing my own racial opinions and stuff down in, in for, for, for white people, you know, so I can peacefully coexist. That, that, that part is not in her head, but the part where she feels she has to do it, that's in her head. She don't have to do that shit. Mm-mm. As evidenced by your eloquent post that Leslie just wrote, that's, that's even proof there. You don't have to do it. There are real consequences, but the, but, in, and she seems to be at maybe a young age. I don't know how old she is, but maybe she's still kind of in that mood. And maybe it's because I'm an introvert, um, and I prefer real, more real relationships you don't need all them acquaintances dog okay it's gonna be way more people at your wedding and that that than than in your life you know what i'm saying there's a lot of people that are here for the good shit here for the popular shit Mm -hmm. but they don't really give a fuck about you Mm -mm. you gotta erase some of them quote-unquote friends and associates and shit in your life if they can't handle you being you it, even if you found a person that says, man, uh, Priscilla really does talk about a lot of black shit and they still decide I'm going to still be an acquaintance of Priscilla. At least that's an authentic acquaintance. The kind of person that goes, I like Priscilla because Priscilla doesn't talk about things that I don't like her to talk about. That ain't your friend. You know what I'm saying? And that person getting missing out of your life trust me you'll be fine you won't even miss them you know like the people that care about you you use your relationship as collateral that's what happens basically it's it's very cynical way to think about it but that's the truth your relationship is a collateral for a lot of shit that people don't agree with same reason people listen to our show and they write in i don't agree with everything y'all say but i love the show the relationship between us and them and that and and with the audience that's collateral for them they're like i fuck with y'all even when i don't fuck with y'all that that's what friendship really is is i fuck with you when i don't fuck with you when my white friends say some shit about republicans or some stupid shit about obama and i either fuss them out or disagree and we have a debate about it maybe someone's mind changes maybe it doesn't the point being i don't want to be their friend if they say i won't talk about it around rod yeah then, then we just shouldn't even hang out yeah because yeah i need i need you to say that shit around me so we can have have it out and still go get a beer or else we're not friends so that's the comfortableness you need to get with uncomfortableness um in, in this lady's case and i feel like she even says i'm holding myself back and i'm gonna stop and i'll apply her decision to stop because it takes bravery as leslie did point out Cause it will have real consequences. It, that, that, the consequences are not made up in her head. No, there are going to be not. promotions you ain't going to get. Right. There's going to be jobs motherfuckers ain't going to tell you about. There's going to be, if, like she said, invites to social gatherings. There's going to stop. Where, hey, we wanted to talk about the best route to work and who's having a baby and redoing their front room. Those shits are going to stop for a lot of people because they scared you're going to bring up fucking something about black people. 
mm-hmm. you might bring up tamir rice and now the whole fucking party's dead they they, they don't want to talk about it so uh, you know anyway um that was a very good um comment um and then the poll you know keeping it serious is kim k's butt fake <laughs> that's the spectrum of that perfectly encapsulates the spectrum of topics that we cover on our show mm-hmm. yes no and who gives a fuck 37 <laughs> percent say yes four percent say no and 59 percent say who gives a fuck right i don't care i'm yeah. in that camp i mean it's obviously fake evo says seriously who honestly gives a fuck if nikki kim amber or your favorite model body parts are fake if the person touching them doesn't care why should it bother you as a person that is definitely not touching them care let that go and appreciate the view if you like it ain't that the truth capadonna says whether their booties or bust are all natural or a miracle of modern science the only thing that matters is the undeniable reality of growth in the collective pants and wagon tongues amongst the internet if you're rolling up a good on a good looking thick woman and wondering if her cakes are post factory edition you got problems <laughs> yes you do i'll take a plastic barbary like cocoa or amber rose over the walking dental floss known as miley cyrus i would care so long as you're not risking your health it's on you right um and let's see last episode it's just life man where justin was on the show and you know of course he uh uh he was being ratchet like he always is um we got two comments kj dollar says so we really just gonna slander my birth city of gary indiana though rod i'm going to create a campaign to take away all your sponsors now lol (laughs) now gary has his issues but we don't have no baby rape now great show as usual <laughs> just let my city live lol first of all kj uh i will say whatever the fuck i want to about gary indiana uh then you just gonna have to deal with that all right <laughs> second, <laughs> second, um, as long as uh freddie gibbs ain't around i'll talk my shit <laughs> if freddie gibbs come through then i love mm-hmm. gary indiana like any other best, um, best city in the country right uh raining black racing awesome show as usual I just wanted to touch on that dumbass who got killed by the train real quick. My dad's recent, my dad recently went for a job interview with CSX and they told me that it was only a matter of time before a train he was on killed someone and that they've had engineers go crazy, kill themselves over the guilt, even when it isn't their fault. The train crew usually back up on, back up to the scene of the accident and see what's left of the body and some can't get over the trauma even with the counseling the company provides. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Don't drive near something that weighs thousands of tons and take at least a mile to stop. Also, can't believe y'all had me laughing at a dead puppy shaking my head. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple people on Twitter going in about how, uh, not going in, but making jokes back and forth about how they end up laughing at inappropriate shit at work because <laughs> of our podcast. Uh, you know what? I love it. Me too. Do you enjoy Obama's State of the Union speeches? Yes, even though I know nothing will change. No, even though I know nothing will change, or I don't watch them. 80% of the audience enjoys the speeches, even though they know they ain't really ain't shit he can do. Mm-hmm. 3%, they don't enjoy them, uh, and 18% don't even watch them. Uh, Scott Jammer said, I'm dead on flight as usual. I think you meant fleek. Side note, how do you spell? Oh, they did mean fleek. F L I K E is how they spelled it. <laughs> <laughs> Fleek, the made-up word fleek is F-L-E-E-K. Mm-hmm. Side note, how do you spell fleek anyways? Isn't it great to have ass in the White House? 
I, you know, photographers are white because the, uh, because we see no pictures of Michelle O's ass. I know, man. Isn't it great to have swag in the White House? A nigger can shoot a three. God bless the United States of America. Ah, America. Uh, HC said Obama knew he had multiple audiences. The Republicans thinking they were on fleek after taking over the Senate. The Democrats had generally ran away from him during the midterms and the candidates for 2016. The American people at home. Obama crafted a speech that made the American people feel good about coming through hard times. He also said to those other audiences, mainly Republicans, I was right, you were wrong. Took the fleek right out of them niggas. Those critics, <laughs> those critics love calling Obama arrogant and uppity. Well, that speech was cocky as hell and I loved it. Me too. All that talk about vetoes was Barack basically clapping in between words and telling Republicans what you're not going to do is mess up this economy I just fixed. Told Democrats they might want to talk about that health care and economy next election. My conservative Facebook friends, of course, quote unquote, ain't said shit about Obama in a while. I know, man, listen, I trolled my email chain. They always shit on Democrats, the president, Obamacare. And I basically was like, yeah, the State of the Union was good. Crickets. I know it was. You can hear a pin drop. Yeah, they don't want to talk about that shit. No, I was like, he must be doing good. They don't even want to bitch about him. They just like, I'll take, I'll take the cheap gas. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the Obamacare because I right. didn't have insurance three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't even complain about gas prices anymore like they used to when they had nothing else to attack. How could I not love watching that? B. Sands says... Barry dropped that ether. I swore I heard Nas start playing in the background at least five times. Only thing missing was Barry O dropping the mic, giving Joe some soulful dap and pointing up, winking at Michelle and hitting him with the Marshawn Lynch pose. Ha ha ha. But ain't nothing going to change. Shaking my head. I know it's not going to change. Uh, KJ Dollar said it was good to see Obama start to lack fucks and tell it how it is. That because that because I want them all was because I want them both. Uh, line was great at perfectly timed. Bravo, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. I know, because I won both of them. Um, and, uh, we got a comment on, uh, the pregame episode one. New spinoff show. New spinoff show. That, honestly, I'm going to be honest with y'all. It'll come out when it comes out. Sometimes yes. the pregame, sometimes when we talk together before shows, it's funny. Sometimes it's not. I'm not going to force it. So. Right, yeah. Um, I'm not bringing no topics and doing extra work either. It'll, it'll be on there if it's good. AJ the engineer said, what up, Karen and Rod? I just wanted to stop by and say I love the new pregame show. Sometimes I listen to the spreecast feed in the hour before the show starts, but usually have to leave work just as the actual shows begin. I knew a few months ago I said to myself, I wish Rod would have saved and upload these pre-show talks because they're usually funny as hell. Of course, the best ones are when Justin busting onto the scene. Remember, you're never late when you're light-skinned. You're always on time. Peace. At AJ the Engineer. <laughs> and we got one Tippy nomination, um, uh, which might count as, um, I think it might count as uh, 2015, so we need to make a new thread. Okay. Uh, so I'll make sure to get on that, and I'll copy and paste these into there. But C-Baby says two things. Best impression, the best, the best impression nomination for episode 861 to 60 minutes, man. Uh, last, two, last night I realized episodes 859, 861 are eligible for the 2014 tippies because they happened to at the top of the year. Could y'all hold on to them for 2015 tippies? Absolutely. We got will. And then they put these in. Best impression, Mike and Andy Rooney, Roddy Karen. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Glittery gay blood. Funniest moment. The blood has glitter in it. Reggie, uh, what's the tea? 
funniest moment explaining to justin how how the red cross rod explaining to justin how the red cross figures out which blood donors are gay justin and rod i think reggie's in this too can't remember 859 respect the queen funniest musical moment up on the house top parody rod maybe i'm weird but this just makes me chuckle every time i hear it i added padding to the in the beginning for context best impression mike and andy rooney rod and karen uh and i added padding for the beginning for context all right yeah we'll definitely get those into 2015 yeah we got you for those of you the end of this month will end all the nominations for the 2014 Mm -hmm. so if you want to get anything in for 2014 go ahead and do that now because we're getting ready to close those and then we'll uh next month people would actually vote and we got us some voicemails let's play those Hey, Rod. Hey, Karen. It's Brian from Minnesota. Um, I I know I'm about a week late, but I was listening to episode 864, um, where you had NFL, uh, the NFL check-on or whatever. So I got to the part about Alexander O'Neill, and that's funny because he still lives, well, he has a house here in Minnesota. And I don't know if y'all knew, but he had a rack of daughters. Um, something like he had all together like 10 kids, 10 or 12. Um, five of his daughters live here. I actually used to fuck with one of them, but that's a whole other story. And, uh, yeah, their dad is, it's sad because, I mean, you could see him now, like he's still be in the street in Minneapolis. Um, and it's really sad because he's just, his conditions deteriorated so bad that it's like, damn, homie, like, you used to really be the man, and now you're not. Uh, Sherelle, the chick that sings Saturday Night, Saturday Love, she's here off and on because her son lives here. Now, I don't know if that's Alexander O'Neill's son, but I wouldn't put it past him because he was pretty much fucking everything that walked uh, between Minnesota and Vegas. So, anyways, that's my little tip there. Hope y'all having a good week. Um. All right, peace. Peace. Thanks so much for the uh, Alexander O'Neill trivia there. Um. So, um. Hopefully, uh. Those those all those daughters of his uh got teeth. Next uh voicemail. Um. Rod and Karen. Um. This is a caller. I normally call you, but um, I can't read my name because um, I just found out that um, my letters are going to get snatched because I listened to the black guy who tips. My sorority feels that you guys are just too Nagordian and um, you talk too much shit. But anyway, hey, Rod and Karen. This <laughs> Tina. I want to talk about this whole respectability politics thing. Um, the sorority sisters, I mean, I think... You said it. It's about an image, and these organizations want to portray a very W. Dubois, talented, tense, respectable Negro image. And that's about it. It's just, can we, you know, do other stuff like bring our black girls back, fight against Bill Cosby, rape, homophobia, misogyny, you know, other stuff. Um, my next comment is about the loser who said, if you cut your hair, you'll be respectable. I do think a lot of black men have kind of bought into this whole dynamic that if I am Barack Obama-ish, if I walk in a certain way, I'll be okay. 
Um, and it's just insane to me because it really is an accident of birth that you were in your position. And if you were a regular black man walking down the street, it's a possibility that you will be shot. You could be shot in a hoodie or a maze suit. Um, there was an executive producer for one of these award shows who was walking, walking, walking to his car. He gets a call about a police taking to jail. And as he said, it's a good thing that he was not running. He had on a tuxedo. So it just doesn't matter. I just think that as black people, we still have people that are so concerned with how we will be viewed. Um, you mentioned the sorority sisters did not wear any paraphernalia to designate their sorority. But by virtue of saying that it's sorority sisters, I feel like the sororities felt like that was carte blanche and a kind of um, copyright for them to act crazy and, you know, policing. And it is really saying that there is some black womanhood that is valued and there is a black womanhood that is garbage. For instance, Hazel E., she is a member of a certain sorority. I won't say which one. And she doesn't wear stuff, but I guess it's okay because they can act and pretend. Oh, she's not one of us. But, yeah, that's about it. I'm sick of these Negroes. But, um, Sister Karen, I feel you. I also have big butt privilege. I don't understand um, what these people are doing. And I guess my thing is you can have a butt, you know, an ass. But if you have a size 2 body and you're going for a, you know, size 20 ass, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like a spectacle, like get your life together. And I just don't understand. You know, I really don't understand what people are doing because it's pointless. And um, as Andre 3000 says, fat ass turns to class. All right, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tina got a big old butt. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's funny is uh, uh, I knew that was her the whole time, like because I thought, oh, it's Nick Jew. Now I was like, wait, Nick Jew ain't got no Miami number. Um, what's but yeah, I, I do think that the sorority thing does come down to respectability politics. It does come down to policing image. Mm-hmm. It does come down to just being afraid of what they might do one day because they really weren't doing shit. Um, I don't think they did anything that was really embarrassing to anybody. Um, uh, I think they just looked at those women and said, I don't want these type of women representing my organization. And it's like, well, you thought those type of women could represent them when they were pledging and, and they, giving their money it. right you took their money that's the thing like what what have they done any different than what they were doing before correct you know doesn't have a camera okay really just seems petty as fuck and like i said it comes down to how you feel about the topic y'all already know i'm just not a big fan of policing the image like that like you know like i said i just i would have needed them to say something worse you know like, you gotta be fucking, you, you just gotta say something worse. Like, if they would've came out and been like, you know, shitting on the steps, I would've been like, oh, well, that's gonna that's get That's a problem, yeah. This is just like, they announced a show, you know. Boo yeah. these women. <laughs> Next. Hey, Rod and Karen. Um, real quick, Anthony Mackey. Yeah, his comments are just so insensitive and stupid. Um, I'm gonna put you in front of this and show you that if you do this, you can do whatever. But that's not what I called. I called and talked about Amber Rose. Thank God, dude. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Did you see Amber Rose, Milton, and Fleekin? I mean, all I could do, I mean, I almost went blind, but all I could do was just think to myself, you know, all this time I've lived on Earth, 
and God would bless me to show me those images. I mean, she looks like she smelled like strawberries. You know, mm-hmm. you remember those Care Bears that had a smell, just a soft, innocent, fluffy smell? And I just don't understand. And what the real crazy thing is, Miss Kim Kardashian West tried to post pictures on the same day mm. within hours. I don't know. Girl, stop it. You can't, you can't, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Amber Rose had on fluff, and she was classy as hell, and she was giving people heart attacks. But that's all I had to say. I just <laughs> really just, you know, I, I had to just, you know, have a hallelujah shot moment. All right. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, Amber, she one of the only people I follow on Instagram. I don't even know if I follow Kim K. But uh, I think Kim K released her selfie book that day or something. Or, like, this is a selfie from the book. And I was just like, first of all, who's going to buy that? Right. Uh, now, if Amber Rose released nothing but ass shot book, she, that might have, I, I might, might have to get, I might get that should, for, the, for the living room. I might should get a hard copy of that. Right. Put it, Make a calendar. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're like oh who is this big ass best family members don't know who the fuck who is this lady with this big ass you got from january to december mm-hmm. maybe i need to go on amazon see if they got the emerald's calendar oh if that. they do buy because you know we got a few missing spaces for 2015 on the wall <laughs> mm-hmm. uh all right uh next voicemail hey rod and karen this is nick you mm. hi my love how y'all doing I have been catching up on the shows because y'all are the hardest working niggas in podcast landia. And I got a little behind and I appreciate y'all because it's just so nice to be able to plug in all day at work and just hear my two favorite people on the airwaves talking to me. Rod, I love it when you geek out on movies. It's actually one of my favorite things to hear you talk about. Karen, I just love you in oh. general. Got some good Karen rants this week. My favorite guest, Chris Lambert, this week or maybe week before. Um, yeah, I'm behind. Um, I wanted to comment a little bit on the Whitney movie. I think Yaya was great in the performance scene. She was lip syncing a little hard, like she mm. has never actually sang a note in her whole life. <laughs> but I did have several moments during her acting scenes where I kind of just wished Angela has played the part herself, mm. even though she's a little old. I think Yaya's a great actress, but she, I, I kept forgetting she was supposed to be Whitney Houston. And the dude they had playing Bobby Brown, like, he was a good actor, really good actor, but they just found the nigga and put a curly high top wig on him. Yes. yes he did. wasn't Bobby Brown at all. Like, <laughs> at all, at all. Um, but other than that, I thought it was, I mean, you know, it was a Lifetime movie, so it wasn't like a great quality film. And speaking of great quality films, I saw Boyhood, and I think in the case of the Oscars, sometimes they will give somebody an award for a career's worth of work. Like, Mm. we all know Robin Williams probably should have won the Best Actor Award for Dead Poet Society, but they gave it to him for Good Will Hunting, which was a great movie. Like, I think Boyhood is kind of boring, but I'm very compelled as to what Richard Linkletter, I think that's his name is, Mm. what he did. So I don't think he will be awarded for how compelling the film was, just the concept. So I agree with you there. And I also agree with Mike a lot about his assessment of 12 Years a Slave. I think there were some scenes that were so beautiful, but others, um, I think Ava was a little heavy-handed, but I think it's because 
black people were really emotional and we take our drama with a little dash of melodrama. Mm. But overall, I did think it was a great film. And David Ohegu was amazing. <laughs> um, and I'm, you know, even though there is a blackout, like there is every other year, except for once every decade or so, when they give us a black movie, I'll be watching. But mm. I think that's it for now. Oh, I'm a few pages away from finishing Saga, and I just wanted to check in with Karen and see if you were still reading Why the Last Man. Sorry, I'm rambling. I miss y'all. I love y'all. Bye. I am, girl. I get. I got, I got two books that I owe you, and I'm going to get them to you. Yeah, uh, she back on Twitter now, too, so that was... You know, I, I always get nervous when Nick you walk away from Twitter for a second. Like, don't, don't delete that account now. I won't be getting this back from damn Yugoslavian or some shit. Um, but, uh, you not, drop your name again. I'm going to log in immediately and take it. The first thing I will say is the dude that played the one, one reason I enjoyed the Whitney thing is because it's so funny. I thought Yaya did a did good job. I thought she did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, <laughs> but you know, Nick, is an actor so i think she actress so she sees more into that stuff than we can right you know but um i thought that uh the dude playing bobby it was just so funny to me because like they went and found a really good actor to be bobby Mm. but his emotional range was so like more than what i imagined the real life bobby brown being able to portray himself like it was so many scenes of like no, don't do cocaine. Can't you see I love you? Replace the hole in your heart with my love. You just like, nigga. It was so passionate. No, these speeches never happened. No, Bobby would <laughs> never do this. Right. So that shit was all bullshit. Um, as far as, uh, you saw Selma 12 Years a Slave mm, message, but, um, <laughs> but I do, I do, I can see it being over the top in a bit. Um, uh on the nose i think black i don't think that's even just black movies i just been noticing lately because i've been watching so many movies just movies in general do that a little too much like they don't like i think the best movies kind of roll with the understatement where it's like a moment that doesn't seem crucial and important earlier in the film and later if you reference back to it you're like oh my god that like you know who does it best? Chris Nolan. Christopher Nolan does it the best where uh, characters will be have, and I'm starting to pick up on it now because I've seen some of his movies, but characters will be having a conversation early in the film that seems of no, no consequence. And pointless. You know, and then something happens that makes you kind of forget about that. And then it comes back and you're like, oh shit, that's really the theme of the movie is that, you know, uh, either die a hero or become the villain. Like that's a that like that's basically the whole plot to the Dark Knight, but he never like looked in the camera like message, you know. <laughs> like I feel like they do that they a play lot. The ABC song. Yeah, I think movies in general just do that a lot, you know. Where it's just like it's almost like they just come out. Like I was watching um, Lock, which everybody seems to love. Um, I'm like nigga, get out the car, chase somebody, something. Anyway, was that that boring movie we seen? Yeah. There's a scene, there's scenes in the movie where he starts, for narrative purposes, talking to his dead father, like the ghost of his dead father who he imagines in the back seat. But it's because they couldn't find a way to tell us the narrative that his father wasn't a good father and he was doing all this shit to spite his father, uh, who, who never really raised him. So they couldn't think of another way to do it. So they just have him being like, I'm not going to be like you, father. 
I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm going to take care of my responsibilities because I'm a man and this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just like, people don't do that. No, they like, don't. Not, not people that are the highest echelon in their field that are driving to take care of this. That you would think that, and they could have just as easily had him thinking those thoughts, looking in the rear mirror, or like do a voice over or something. They didn't do it. So yeah, I think, and I noticed all that shit where I'm just like, okay, this is now it's over the top, you know. And, yeah, and no, it, you know, no, no offense to uh movies. I think people like to see some of, some of that stuff, yeah, but well, uh, I could definitely see moments of racism and selma or 12 years of slave or whatever where they could be like let's go over the top with this not on purpose but just because it's movie telling format at this point right yeah but i'm gonna tell you right now all offense taken that movie can kiss my ass that was that lock movie that was some bullshit Okay. I'm sorry, it was long. And y'all know I love everything that shit was long and boring and pointless watching nigga drive his motherfucking car and he didn't even make it to his goddamn destination. Boo you. Boo you in that whole motherfucking movie. Boo. Well, you guys got a preview of the sport movie review for Locke. <laughs> yes, you did. Fuck that movie. It was terrible. Uh, all right. Um, next next voicemail. I think this might. Well, actually, let me. This one says it hasn't been downloaded. Let me see if this is even going to play. Nope. All right. So we got one more voicemail. Let's play that one. Hey, Robbie, Karen, it's Dustin Mac here. I just was getting a quick call um, to comment on the piece that you guys covered earlier this week, the I'm tired of suppressing myself to get along with white people. Uh, just to say, one, I appreciate you bringing this to everyone's attention and to mine because I hadn't read it previously. And also, just to give my personal thoughts, um, especially with regard to working um, on the Black Lives Movement and doing lots of activism work surrounding it, it's definitely been an isolating endeavor, um, you know, not just um, online, but also in real life. You know, a bunch of us have been talking to other organizers that, you know, we used to get lunch invites, we used to get um, asked to go to the movies, we used to um, have people just texting us to say hello and uh, it seems that ever since we all started being more vocal about the movement and the work that we've been doing in that um, area, that it has basically all dried up. Um, and it's sad because, you know, people that we thought cared about us and um, would, by extension, care about the things we care about, um, that, that's uh, I think pretty general, usually with my friendships anyways, uh, would carry into this work as well, and it really has not been the case. And it's very isolating and um, difficult, but I will say that if I was given the choice of being as um, vocal and um, focused and involved as I have been now versus um, quiet and not really um, making people uncomfortable, I guess, which is what is happening um, with my truth and, and the fight that I have um, in me for my people, I, I'll take the isolation. And um, it has definitely caused a lot of organizers to find spaces both online and in real life with each other uh, to connect and to do those sorts of things. So we're starting to do things like schedule impromptu Google Hangouts so that we can see people face-to-face that had still continued to interact with us, even if they might not be in our area. Um, so I, I would just say that that 
the author's um, concerns about, uh, let's say, she, I think she refers to her blackness not being a secret, are definitely warranted, and I felt um, the backlash of that in my own life. But um, for me, the, the risk has been worth the reward. Hope you guys have a great day, um, and talk to you soon. All right. Well, thanks, Leslie. And uh, I think we kind of addressed it earlier, but, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely do think uh, <laughs> a lot of people get that wake up call when they start basically uh, standing up or at least speaking out about race. Uh, and and honestly, it's not what you're even what the opinion is necessarily. It's the fact you're even talking about it for a lot of people. Right. Even they don't if they have, agree or disagree with you. They just don't want to have the discussion. Yeah, I had a friend that one time we were talking about something else, and we just kind of like broached the topic of race, and he shut down. He's a, a liberal person. He's voted for Obama. He's not, you know, some fucking, you know, like racist asshole. But he was so scared that he might fuck around and say something offensive or that. Uh, I don't know. He was just scared to talk to me. And that changed our friendship forever for me because I was like, oh, this is a person that's just an acquaintance for me. They're not really my friend. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because I I just I took it that way because it's like I don't know what he was afraid of. I'm not going to physically assault him if I disagree with his opinion. And if you're too much of a coward to even talk to me about it, then we can't really be friends. Like, you know, and that was a person that, that at the time I thought was a really cool guy. But now it's just like he's a cool acquaintance. But, you know, friend would be over the top to say. True. And something else that I think about and I want to add on to the thing a lot of people fail to realize. And well, well, they realize this, but just when it comes to life, life itself, you have people in your life. But life itself is a lonely journey. And that's something that people don't grasp their minds around. And at some times in your life, you are going to be alone and you're going to have to make decisions based off of what's best for you, not what's best for other people. And what's best for you and what makes you happy sometimes will require you to take a lonely road. But it's just one of those things, like Leslie says, the reward is worth the sacrifice of being quote unquote lonely, even though you're never really alone. You just have the alone feeling because we just want to be surrounded by people. But a lot of times being surrounded by a lot of people people is not the best thing because when you're surrounded by a lot of people most of the people that you surround yourself with really don't care about you and they're only there as long as you fit their narrative and some of the things we talked about before so it's just one of those things where i i i'm happy and i'm to the point in my life where i realize that uh it's okay to make those journeys and make those choices but some people have such a deep fear of quote unquote being alone and quote unquote not having no friends that they will never have the bravery that leslie and other people have to talk about these things and be out forefront and protest if they feel like it and say these things because they quote unquote don't want to be quote unquote ostracized people don't even like going to the movies by themselves or having a dinner oh, by themselves right or- i will I know this isn't about you. Oh, I know. But the people don't even like doing that shit. So and I used to be one of those people, right? And I feel like so then asking someone to take a stance on something that might like that will make a them be uncomfortable and might cause people to walk away. It's not going to get a lot of people that can do it. 
That's true too, and and that route is not made for everybody. That's why it takes special people to be vocal and special people to be upfront and special people to say, "I don't want to deal with this, and I'm not going to deal with this, and you're going to handle this." And if you turn your back on me, I am fine with that. Like it takes special people because the average person isn't going to want to quote unquote make that sacrifice. Um. Yep. Uh. We got emails. Um. Let's see. We got one from Cheyenne. Hi, Rod and Karen. Hope you're both doing well. Last month, you guys read it, read my email on your show. You may not remember, but I mentioned how I attended a predominantly white art school, uh, Rhode Island School of Design, and how informed your show keeps me while I'm in this bubble. The point is, I want to make some artwork for you guys. I'm not sure whether or not you already have a partnership with the artist. We don't. The person who created your logo. Well, that was our homie Chloe from Chonilla, but yes. it's not like a partnership. He just did it because... He's a cool ass dude yes. and uh He's wanted to do sweet. something, you yes. know. Uh but I would love the opportunity to have my work become your new logo. Uh I don't want money as compensation. I'm not trying to pick it back out for your success and attempt to put my name out there. Just genuinely love and support you guys. I want to give back the best way I can. My work is based on my life experiences, which inherently touch on issues of race and gender. I would attach some of my work if you're interested, give me a call or email. I'll tell you what, dog. Um one, my bad if I wasn't supposed to read that out loud. But um, I'll tell you what we really could use. To be honest, we could use artwork for some of our spinoff shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all about different stuff. Um, like we have uh the nerd off. We have um, medium talk. We have lips back and good. good. We have um impossible white impossible man. white man movie reviews. Yeah, spoiled movie reviews. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to submit artwork for that kind of stuff i mean we'll gladly put it on the website i mean obviously just i'm just saying if you want to do it as just a fan i can always photoshop some bullshit together but if you guys want to do it and become like that the logo um feel free to do it and we'll we'll put a uh we'll make sure to put something on there so that people know that you created it and uh, maybe like a link to your site assuming that we approve of it and that is is pretty cool you know like um but uh yeah we definitely yeah we definitely would be more than willing to do that man um so just uh you know let us know all right and uh let's see next one this is from um oh these guys emailed me about starting a podcast but what i wanted to do was reply on the on um on here rather than just privately because i get we'll get this kind of email so much yes we do and uh it's it's easier to just do it this way rather than write um a po- uh write an email back mm-hmm. starting the podcast hey rod and karen love the show y'all are awesome i enjoy listening to you guys hash out different topics and espouse about them in ways i hadn't really thought before as an intellectually curious person it's refreshing to listen to you, you to that but you guys also throw a whole bunch of comedy in which helps the time go by I'm emailing you because I'm trying to start a podcast with three of my friends and trying to think of the smoothest route to go. Have you guys always used Freecast? We have not always used Freecast. We used to use Vocal. Oh. We used to use um, a couple other places. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, one of them was something.tv. I don't know why I'm not thinking of it right now. Block TV. Yeah, it's Block TV. Um, but we don't actually use Freecast to record. We use Skype mm-hmm. to do our recording for audio. Uh, I mean, to do our audio calls, and then we use a program called Pamela to actually record the conversations. Um, we also have a set to go through our mixers. Uh, through our, our, We have a, a mixer that, with our computer that we bought, um, and we record on Audacity at the same time so that we kind of do a double recording 
uh we have the regular and the backup just in case some shit goes wrong correct um and if you have more than one person involved i would also have a, one of those people recording on their end too just in case you lose episode um but we have not always used precast uh and we don't use it to record things but although it is good for the purposes we use it for now what were some challenges along the way you came across that weren't necessarily apparent um one it can be expensive yes every every level of the show getting better just more money of some type whether it's precast we got to pay them now uh whether it's uh you know, Potomatic to host it, the website fees. Um, there's always money that's coming out of your pocket for some reason, right? Yeah, so I suggest when you first start, uh, just my opinion, you don't have to invest a lot of money. And then yeah. as time goes and you feel like this is something that you want to do, then you begin to invest the money. I think a lot of people just buy shit up front and then they don't do it. So then it's a waste of money to them. Um, so it's a lot of things that can help you that are absolutely free. One thing you, one thing I prefer you buy is a, a mic, even if it's a simple snowball mic, just a microphone, because that makes a difference in the sound quality when you first start. Cause we had one, me, Roger, Will, and Justin all huddled over one microphone, like a campfire when we first started. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's a big part of it. Um, as far as like cost, um, you know, time scheduling, Mm-hmm uh when if you're going to be scheduling something with three people that aren't in the room you're going to already have scheduling conflicts everyone needs to take it seriously everyone needs to upgrade their internet their sound equipment so that someone doesn't sound like shit or because audio quality is very important to a lot of people and there's some people that turn your shit off immediately if it doesn't sound well yeah and there's some people that will fight through it but some people go nope immediately right and you just want to get the best quality you can afford at the time um and scheduling is going to be really huge because there's four people involved in your show it's hard to get four people to like decide what to eat for the day like Mm -hmm. to actually sit down and record a podcast together i mean it's going to be astronomically difficult um especially on a consistent level especially if you're the one who's the most committed and other people are just kind of i'm in to see if you're in if it's okay it'll be all right i guess maybe then you're going to struggle with that. Yeah, and it may evolve. It may change. People may decide to do it today and might decide to drop out tomorrow. Or like, So, you know, it's just one of those things you almost have to see where it takes you. Right. Uh, how easy is the Spreecast interface to navigate? It's very easy, in my opinion. It's very mm-hmm. intuitive. Um, you know, you, you can pretty much pick it up and work it right away. Just keep in mind, the Spreecast isn't a podcast. So mm-hmm. it just stores the video part of the discussion you're still going to need to edit the audio and post that uh, to iTunes or wherever you, how, whatever, with whatever host you use to store your information. How'd you go about figuring out what you needed? Um, I'll send you a link to this, but I have a, I have on our website, theblackoutist.com, I do have a, if you search, uh, there's a search thing in the left. If you put equipment, uh, in there, I wrote a post a long time ago when we got our new equipment for, mm-hmm. um, for our, um, mixer and all that stuff. And that's the stuff I use. And basically how I figured it out was by trial and error for some part, but also right. asking people that knew. Right. And then once I figured out that's what you need, I was good. You know, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. and also for me, well, I let you, I got most stuff, but go ahead. I don't know what. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I, is the answer to these questions or is it just other stuff? Oh, it's other stuff. Go ahead. 
No, go ahead then. That's fine. Oh, I, I think for me too, uh, when you're first uh, starting off, uh, my I guess my biggest pet peeve is make your uh, shows accessible on multiple platforms. I think for some people, they'll be like, hey, Ryan, can you listen to my show? But you're not on iTunes, you're not on Stitcher, you're, you're, you're like, like it is almost fucking impossible for me to link it. And so people have sent me shit and I've never heard it because I'm like, um, you're not on Stitcher, you're not on iTunes, you, you, you're nowhere that can be played through my phone, I can download it. Like a lot of people start podcasts, but they're, you know, such, such, such at dot, bot, dot, dot, bot, dot, bot. You be like, who the fuck is going to go to this site and find you? Like, but you want to grow and do the process of growth well, is I think a lot of people have gotten lazy easy. now with posting shit to SoundCloud. It's like people just post their shit out to SoundCloud like everybody's just going to go get it. And mm-hmm. SoundCloud does get a lot of listens, but, but that's not the same as having um, your podcast in a situation where, you know, uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, and it's uh, accessible to people with mobile devices cause, and people that normally listen to podcasts. I think SoundCloud catches a lot of people that normally listen to music and shit. Right. But I don't know that people that normally listen to music make the same, get the same, are the same quality of listener. No. Um, but, you know, but people fall in love with that number because that number jumps up so high because it's so easily acceptable. So I think people just go, oh, 10,000 people listen to our stuff on SoundCloud. And it's like, you yeah, know, I in think- a passive kind of way they did, but not really right it, it uh, and though a lot of times those people aren't dedicated listeners you right. know they might listen for that one episode or like your title and click and it's also one of those things too is like what you was talking about with um soundcloud i'm gonna tell you right now soundcloud has a horrible app right. so I'm, I'm just saying it for somebody who actually, well they didn't do it with podcast in mind they did it with music in mind right. so they weren't even thinking about those type of applications that the podcast app and Stitcher app have, it's not even mm-hmm. on their radar. So if you're trying to grow from that, just I'm just speaking from somebody that listens to a lot of podcasts, I'll be mad. You, you is there certain genres? There's certain if you're a podcast listener, there's certain standards with the app that you have. They don't have it. Uh, so it says uh, right now the idea of the podcast is all in our heads, but not so much concrete. It's one of those things where you think it will be easy to start without thinking of without, about all the hiccups that come along the way. So I'm just hoping to do some pre-work to make the overall process easier, which is partly why I'm reaching out to you guys to hopefully get some pointers while I'm figuring the process out. It's uncharted territory for me, so having some trouble piecing some things together. Well, I hope we helped you out. Uh, Jay writes in, uh, I just want to do I just want to say how happy I am. Oh, she said Mike Lawrence slash Al Sharpton. Dude, I just want to say how happy I am that you immediately nipped the Al Sharpton slander in the bud. I know how much you like Mike Lawrence, and it's easy for us to give the people we admire past when they say things we don't agree with, and as a result, not fully call them to the carpet. But you didn't do that, and I admire you for that. Keep it up. As always, love the show, Possible White Man Jay. Thank you, Thank Jay. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I... I don't know why people do like I, I I still feel like me and Mike are friends. I don't think it got contentious. Nobody oh, no. got upset or disrespectful. But mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta sometimes you gotta be like, I gotta challenge what you're saying on this. Um, and plus, I say ninety percent of the things come out of Mike's mouth are him challenging what other people are saying about shit. Right. So you it know, make I don't him think make you think. Yeah, he's no stranger to it. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know, I, I like talking with him because I always end up thinking about something from a perspective I wasn't before and I hope that I can have that influence on other people too. I, I hopefully he's 
getting a perspective that he hadn't thought of before you know and you can always tell a good guest because they ask questions as well you know that's one of the reasons i like talking to him is because he'll ask a question rather than just present his take on it is also like i mean he'll have a take but it's also like well what do you think about this correct thank you rod and karen it's from brandon hey rod and karen this is b sand and i just wanted to give you two some quick feedback first i want to extend my condolences to your family on the recent loss of your grandmother thanks that's actually the reason why i was compelled to write in this week because i recently lost my granddad who practically raised me and your podcast really got me through these last two weeks hearing other people celebrating in the memories of lost ones definitely resonated with me and encouraged me to do the same which helped me through this tough time it also made my 12-hour drive through upstate new york to north carolina go a lot quicker honey i took that trip i know that's a long trip baby Mm-hmm, baby honey child <laughs> listening to the feedback show and hearing the donation song made me smile when the only thing i wanted to do was cry it helped me so much that i wanted to hear my name being called out as i made way to the new members class it kept the collection play <laughs> passing ways hey queen k I see you, LOL. So I sent in a one-time donation. Hopefully this can become a recurring sooner than later. This podcast does so many things I never thought I'd get from listening to people I don't know that I don't know talk. So now I just want, I just look at you two as my distant Carolina cousins, LOL. Insight, informed opinions, uh, uncontrollable laughter, and how could I forget the boost in my racist vocabulary? <laughs> i just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work you two do for us fans even the work we don't see that makes the show what it is i don't know about the rest of them but i most certainly appreciate it thanks again b says p.s i've been a premium member for a while for those who aren't you are missing out missing out on a more amazing content by these two if you get a chance go premium you won't regret it thanks b sans thank you sweetie i knew i recognized that from i was like i think that dude premium but uh yep now we know mystery solved uh and uh yeah man conduct my condolences on your granddad mm, yes comment on episode 870 big booty privilege and jessica chastain speech on diversity this is for my girl julia hey ron and karen just wanted uh, oh wait don't you go about jewels probably fucked that up sorry uh Hey, Roddy Karen, just wanted to add a comment on the Jessica Chastain speech on diversity, episode 870, Big Booty Privilege, around the one hour and six minute mark. Uh, yeah, uh, for people that don't remember, the speech was basically like, hey guys, we gotta diverse, make things diverse and mm-hmm. add people to it. And, you know, it doesn't matter what group you're in. I applaud her for that. Of course, people said, we want to rape and kill you, bitch, on the internet. Because that's how we respond to people saying we want diversity. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you, white woman that won? We wave you the award. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things I wish other people would recognize is how people can take a stand, even as they are nominated slash win awards for the role, their roles as actors, directors, etc. In 1973, Marlon Brando boycotted the Oscars, even though he won the Oscar for his role in The Godfather. He sent Sachin Littlefinger, uh, a little feather, sorry, little finger, I've been, too much Game, Game of, Thrones. of Thrones. He sent, Sa- uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing her first name, Sachin Littlefinger, little feather instead. He did so to protest the treatment of Native Americans in the film industry. You made a point during your show specifically about people having to move aside slash step down in order for others to succeed and for fostering diversity to have any actual meaning. I don't know much else about Marlon Brando, but what he wrote, the unheard speech, 
demonstrates an attempt to hold himself just as accountable and trying to take action by allowing at least one native american to speak for themselves on one of the biggest platforms and nights i thought that this protest was remarkably remarkably sensitive sensitive prescient and in your and in your words being a good friend to a community you are not a part of so i've seen little figures uh speech stars at the one minute mark in this video let me click on this video real quick y'all hold on get to this one minute mark right around isn't it funny how they rush the people by this has nothing to do with it but isn't it funny how they rush the people off stage but they clap for a fucking minute for them to get to the stage like it's like whoa yes mm, oh yes oh yeah i just like to thank my mother get off the stage damn yeah. why is those speak so long they shit hit the play button now let us clap for a minute or as could you go just start going off yeah now we're gonna clap for a minute while you go backstage brother this Tashini Little Feather. Mm, so she ain't kind of fine. Beautiful. And they tried to hand her the Oscar and she hit on with the, uh, nah. No, no, thank you. Did, I'm good. I didn't win that. Hello. My name is Sashin Little Feather. I'm Apache and I'm president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening, and he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards, that he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. Oh, shit. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry Excuse me. These niggas start booing. Yes, they did. Classy Hollywood. Classy. And on television, in movie reruns, and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that we will in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando. You could tell those motherfuckers that were born were just offended that he had the audacity to be like, y'all's war isn't the greatest fucking thing that ever happened to me in my life. Right. Uh, so, um, so, uh, below is an expert from an excerpt from his speech at the new york times uh or at the nyt and could broadly apply to what happened with to ava duvernay in the film selma i think the answer to those unspoken questions is that the motion picture community has been as responsible as any for degrading the indian and making a mockery of his character describing him his as a savage hostile and evil it's hard enough for children to grow up in this world when Indian children watch TV, television and they watch films and when they see their race depicted as they are in films, their minds become injured in ways we can never know. Recently, there have been faltering, a few faltering steps to correct the situation, but too faltering and too few. So I, as a member of this profession, do not feel that I can as a citizen of the United States accept an award here tonight. I think awards in this country at this time are inappropriate to be received or given until the condition of the American Indian is drastically altered. If we are not our brother's keeper, at least let us not be his executioner. Well, damn. Mm. 
Wait, Brando was on that? Shit. I did not know that. He just, he just moved up in that integrity standing. I'm trying to tell you. Mm, Brando. I see you, Playboy. That's dope. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, that. Uh, and I'm sure he's not perfect, so please do not write in with. Well, one time he called uh uh, uh Ashley dude a Negro. Like I'm I'm okay, I get it. He probably fucked up some other time, but that's dope to take that stand. Yes, it is. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, Jessica Chastain, man, that was a beautiful speech, and I don't know why anyone would have a problem with that unless they were a piece of shit. I agree. Happy New Year from Erica uh dear rod and karen just wanted to drop you guys a line to say happy new year and also thank you again for being the subject of my marketing paper i got an a so y'all my niggas for life oh <laughs> we got an yeah. a y'all we got an a everybody uh wait somebody's calling yeah yo you're on the blackout tips hey what's up it's black rob how y'all doing oh uh, what up black ass rob hey shit just chilling <laughs> i'm calling because uh so this is one of the benefits of going premium is uh, I'm able to go back and listen to my favorite episodes. And uh, one of the first episodes I, I listened to was you know, like 350-something. Uh, y'all probably don't remember at this point, 500 episodes ago and shit. <laughs> but uh, y'all talked about uh, uh, what's love got to do with it with uh, Chris and Brand and Phenom. And uh, y'all was talking about how it would be great to see a movie, uh, an- another version of that movie, but from Ike Turner's perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember and, uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> When I was watching the Whitney movie last weekend, that's just what I kept thinking about. I was like, this is just like what they were talking about. You know, a movie from Bobby's perspective, but, you know, a a biopic, supposedly a biopic about Whitney. And, man, it it took everything I had not to laugh uh, watching that movie because I watched it with my mom, who's a Whitney fan. And, uh, you know, it it was just, it was, it was funny. Put it like that. You know? Yeah, I remember that episode, man. Yeah, <laughs> the Ike Turner version of What's Love got to do with it. Yeah, that was—that's what it felt like, honestly. Right, the Ike Turner version would be like you know, uh, Tina whooping his ass and uh, right, <laughs> <laughs> making him uh, you know hit, uh, Tina raping him in the studio instead of right. the other way around, For, she... forcing him to feed her cake. You know, like <laughs> like all the same stories, but just. The stories are always just a little bit skewed towards him being the victim instead. It's like, yeah, you know, one one night she was in the studio getting, you know, I was just trying to get out with my friends. And she made me kick everybody out. (laughs) Then she made me have sex with her in the studio. I just, I just wanted to record the song. Yeah, she coming in. Ike, you better sing, nigga. Nigga, you better sing. Yeah, that's what the Whitney movie felt like. It was like, um... Whitney was offering Bobby drugs, and he was like, "No, I can't do that, girl. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm an artist. I'm a performer." Right, and they was making, they was spinning it so that even horrible things that he did, like break when they had a break, and he went and started living with his baby mama again. They made it seem like it was so reasonable. It's like, oh no, it's fine. She'll never come between us. I love you more than I yes, love her. I had a okay, break, Bobby, I forgive you. You know, anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Lifetime do a series of movies like that, though. You know, uh, make that a thing. I'm with it. The the open story, but told from Stanley's perspective, like Mm -hmm. he's the one who made her, uh, you know, say he held her down, made it all happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I love an Oprah movie. Shit, I like movies about people that's not even that interesting. Like, I I take like a babyface movie just 
to see like the jokes about him being a simp you know like i'll take I'll, like i'll take anything man like it, you ain't gotta um it's just lifetime it can't call, take but what two three weeks to film and a few thousand couple dollars. dollars to make like d- just go do it start making a whole list of them yeah, oh for sure i'll be sure they got like i'll be sure christopher williams the movie oh i watched that like shows. i watched that <laughs> don't wake me i'm dreaming Right. Hey, but um, I don't know. Did y'all see what the ratings did? I mean, it had, it seems like you know, uh, black people come out and support these type of movies because we start to see you know people who look like us and and the artists that we are fans of. We want to see that, so uh, I'll be curious to see what the ratings did for for Whitney. Yeah, well, they said high. they got good ratings, mm-hmm. and uh, Empire got like a record high rating for Fox. Yeah, they for Fox. So. Yeah, um, nah, black people love seeing black shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Hollywood ain't no stranger to that. They better stop acting stupid. Alright, they try to act like, you know, nobody will support and this and that. Um, the last thing I want to, uh, comment on, and, uh, you know, I know y'all are Kanye fans like I am, but, mm-hmm. uh, man, every time Amber Rose put a new picture out, doesn't, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy make so much more sense? Oh, I've been saying this for years, mm-hmm. dog. Like that album is just a big ass like breakup with him and Amber Rose yes, and how it is. he was wilding the fuck out after losing her and it does make so much sense. And it affected him. Like the more you see it, like I'm cuz he's so talented too. Like unlike like like Wiz Khalifa's never going to make an album as good as you know, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Fantasy. Um, right. But but I bet the next Wiz project gonna be better than his other shit just because, you know, once you lost that good thing, man, you you done. Yeah, and I, I mean, I knew it was her. I mean, I knew uh, my beautiful Dark Sister Fantasy was a breakup album. He was like, dang, you know, my man's really hurt. And then the more you listen to the album, and then the more you see those pictures, it's that about you, her. You know, you're like, yo, I I get it, Kanye. I, I mean, it's obviously a breakup album. Yes. I mean, even in all of the lights, he talked about fucking domestic violence. And then, uh, on that one song, he pretty much got Chris Rock to come in and read her the tea. Um, you know, in a way that was so petty and brilliant at the same time. Yes, it was. Like, cause it's so petty. Cause you know, it's about her. And I feel so uncomfortable listening to it. But at the same time, I know all the words to the Chris Rock part. I do too. That's how good it is. You know, oh my God. You know, you know, took this shit to a whole nother level. So, so like that, that shit was so petty, man. And anyway, yeah, but yeah, I agree. Every time I see a picture of Amber, I'll be like, that's why that album's so good, man. Right. She should take pride in that. He came up with some banging beats. Like he was like, Fuck it, this is gonna be the best shit ever. Right. Like, he ain't gonna never make nothing like that when Kim leave. Mm-mm. Nah. He gonna make a boring ass uh <laughs> album. Right. Ain't gonna ain't gonna be no no good. The beat's gonna be terrible. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that makes sense. She do seem kinda uninteresting and boring, so <laughs> <laughs> Right. But, hey, that's all I got, man. I just wanted to holler at y'all real all quick. All right, thanks, so Black. Give y'all some love. I love y'all show, man. Y'all know I do. So, oh, yeah. thank right you, Right back man. at you, sweetie. Thanks, Black. Always good to talk to y'all. Peace. Peace, Peace Black-ass Rob. We'll see him in the chat room saying racist things. Sound like a perfectly <laughs> upstanding gentleman yeah. in those moments, but, well, you know, he is a racist. 
Um, <laughs> see here. There's something magical about grand. Oh, wait. Okay. So Erica continues to say, um, when I was listening to episode 868, Happy King Jackson Lee Day, I was really touched by your heartfelt words. You spoke about your grandmother. It was sweet and refreshing to just experience people being genuine about the passing of a loved one. There's something magical about grandmothers, and it reminded me all of all the laughs and evil practical jokes my grandmother and I played on each other and how much I miss her every day. However, while listening to episode 870, Big Booty Privilege, I ran into a problem. It is pretty much impossible for me to mean mug my asshole coworker with Karen is laughing with such gleeful abandon. I mean, really, can you suck in some of that happiness? Some of your listeners <laughs> are trying to be bitchy and not laugh along with you. Damn. Smiley face. As always, look forward to your viewpoints on the world in the upcoming year. Best wishes, Erica. Thanks, Erica. Thank you, sweetie. BK writes in feedback. I had a lot of binge listening and still ain't caught up. I got 10 hours at work today and 15 tomorrow, so hopefully I can get myself on track by Monday. Episode 867. Gotta agree with Capadonna's overall critique of Bill Maher's anti-Muslim bias. I subscribe to Politically Incorrect Podcast on TV show, I mean, of the TV show, and it's clear that he doesn't like religion, but his venom definitely ramps up towards Muslims. Agree. It's clear and apparent. Bill Maher has had guests that push back, including Dr. West, one of the people mentioned by Capadonna. I can't remember the episode last season, but there was one female Muslim panelist that was particularly vocal about it. Yes. And they kind of painted her into a corner like she was some kind of bitch. Like, are you ruining our show? Which is so funny because that crowd's supposed to be so liberal and it just highlights my fucking point about liberals and how you can't really trust their ass either. Cause that's Islamophobia, and you're supposed to be against that shit, right? And y'all cheering gay, it. You'd have had a fit, right? And y'all are cheering it just because she's like y'all are booing her for dissenting, but she's right. And, I'm sorry. Anyway, she was persistent about not letting Mar broad brush every Muslim and kept alluding to the bias throughout the show. My problem is that those guests aren't really given much of an opportunity to get deeper into their arguments, and still surrounded by other panelists who will either agree with Mar or shy away from saying anything to rebut. So he basically gets to say whatever he wants via jokes or commentary with no real opportunity for anyone to counter him. And, of course, who controls the applause track? Well, look, you're never going to get a rebuttal on that show because he's not interested in the debate about that shit. Yes. Which, I, for the record, I'm okay with you being like, I'm this way and I'm never going to see eye to eye. And I'm never going Because the idea that a lot of people have is that you, if you do have a conversation or discussion, somehow he will magically get it one of these times. He'll never get it. Mm-mm. He knows, like he he's stuck in he's stuck in that. He, that's the way he is about that. the The problem is, should people like that be given platforms, or more importantly, why don't other people get platforms? I mean, say what you want to until the Minority Report. We really haven't had, um, for a long time, a mainstream late night talk show hosted by a black person. Correct. Like you know. People keep talking about, oh, the new edgy thing they're going to do with this late night show. And it's all just a different white man. No offense, Stephen Colbert, because he's very talented. But, you know, it's very pretty much, you know, John Oliver, John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, uh, uh, David Letterman, um, you know, Conan. It's all kind of the same, like, bland white dude. I agree. And Bill Maher, yeah, you know, he's Islamophobic. HBCUs came up during the episode. I kind of regret not going to a HBCU. My aunt graduated from Norfolk State. A cousin graduated from Howard, the real HU for all those Hampton University folks. And about two years ago, a friend got their master's from NCA&T. Go Aggies. My college experience wasn't bad. 
but i basically spent my entire life here in nyc and i feel like i would have gained a lot from going away to a hbcu interacting with brothers and sisters from other parts of the country because it is not the mainstream both blacks and whites deem hbcus as a lower tier and second uh rate with curriculum and numbers of quality graduates would actually debunk that oh yeah yeah exactly if you actually looked up the numbers uh that's actually not true but right you know, people it, always shit on them for that they also like will bring a graduation number sometimes where it's like yeah but you do account for the fact that they give people a chance that might not get a chance other places right and you do overall the percentage of black people that actually graduate from non-hbcus is right. a lot lower it takes them five to six years and sometimes longer not trying to find on the average to graduate versus if um black child goes to hbcu odds are they will graduate on time within the four year span not, not to mention no matter how you spend it they will spend it negative so if you say hey they graduate from well it's because it's so easy and it's so bad and you're like it's like, motherfucker, but, they have the same curriculum. Right, but if I were saying that they actually fail more often, you'd be like, well, see, that's because they're so terrible. It's like you can't win when people already default to white is right, black is wrong. Right. Shut up, you know? It's like, nah, you can get a good education. You know, your education is personally going to be what you make of it anyway. Yeah, and I had a conversation with a coworker about this one time. We had to literally stop talking about it because I eventually told her, I said, look, I say all this, connections and all that shit, I say, are you getting these connections? I'll, yeah, because people will hit you up right. like, what about the personal connections I get at other places like uh, at a private, I mean, at a white school? It's like, one, you can get connections anywhere you go. Right. That's the networking and shit like that. Correct. Um, not to mention, uh, you know, specifically for black people, you know, sometimes the networking we do with each other is different than what we do with white people because socially we're just not in the same circle. So, you know, um and and there's a less of a quote-unquote compromise with these connections a lot of times because there's more of a baseline understanding of each other that being said nigga you work an accountant like me what are you talking about that was my whole point (laughs) i was like where you're at we're in the same position you know all these quote-unquote connections i I don't see you you know benefit meanwhile you're out working that person you're better at your job than that person is at their job and honestly it's so funny because they are just saying that to hold on to the superiority feeling of the choice they already made yeah, and that's it, the thing i'm trying to tell people is i don't have a superiority feeling about this and i would prefer to not have to frame the argument that way because i just i enjoyed it i never regretted it and um I, and, it, and it definitely was influential on my life it doesn't mean i'm taking away from what you did and i think for a lot of people when you say that they feel like you're challenging Right. I'm not challenging your motherfucking degree. We all in debt. Your debt just happened to be larger than mine, but we all in debt. Just like I can't find a job, you might not be able to find a job, you know, in the, in the market or whatever. So it's one of these things where this should affect us all regardless of how much debt you're in. Right. Um. So it says, uh, let's see. Um. Because not names. You know, all right. Uh, although this wasn't an issue brought up, people who feel like black student unions or black colleges or black networks or ethnic studies are irrelevant are backwards. It's like the episode where you talked about Arizona's ban on ethnic studies. Uh, number one, if people in, from the non-dominant culture had their history ca- taught in the regular curriculum. Oh, sorry. Okay. My phone fell. My bad. My phone right. fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, had their uh, history taught in the regular curriculum, no one would be trying to implement ethnic studies. They want us to believe that we were some bit players in history of the world when, in fact, our people have been at the forefront of innovation and knowledge. 
number two the fact that they feel like ethnic studies would cause resentment towards white people show that they are insecure about the fucked up shit that their ancestors have done to people of color let me go a step further they also know the fucked up shit did didn't stop with their ancestors right right see yeah because studying those things basically equate two things one if you learn your history then you learn about the influences of things today and you realize shit ain't so sweet and then a lot of this shit hasn't changed mm. some things have changed and some mm. things are for the better but there are some things that haven't changed okay all right some things haven't changed that's true so but i feel like if you learn about the roots of stuff to me okay i gotta push back on the didn't change thing my thing is if you learn about the roots you learn how things have changed not necessarily for the better like things change to book but to keep the status quo you know what i'm saying Correct. like like they'll change the way they like how you don't have slavery but now you have mass incarceration you don't right. have um you know you don't have um um uh programs where somebody can uh is an indentured servant or sharecropping but now you have like the minimum wage stuff you have the debt that is saddled onto uh black people like that like there's things that are done and if you can see the roots then you realize that people aren't just personally responsible for that on an individual level that this is a systematic undertaking for the country in order for it to function on a financial level they need black people to be in a certain place they need a class of people regardless of race gender or creed to be marginalized or else the country doesn't function well you know it's why we need uh elite quote-unquote illegal immigrants quote-unquote um we need them to go in and fucking like pick tomatoes for basically free like we need that shit because the country can't function because it's never functioned correctly on the assumption of fairness ever like it's mm-hmm. always been built on the facts of free uh un uh free um labor that is forced correct and so. and i think for me it's one of those things where they changed but stayed the same things have changed things have evolved and things have gotten better for people but once you learn this history and you begin to apply your critical thinking skills you get to the realization of like you just said yes it's changed but it's 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 presented in a different manner and uh to me they don't want you to get to the point where you begin to understand that this shit affects you now and it affected you then and it will continue to affect you and they don't want you to get to the place where you begin to be educated because the thing about educated people is that when people become educated they begin Begin to challenge the status quo and that's that's honestly that's the place where they don't want people to get because once you begin to challenge the status quo you begin to do shit to disrupt what's normal you begin to do things that um make people uncomfortable you begin to protest you begin to demand more you begin to say hey this is not right which because you because you've learned so they also a part of this system, like you say, is to keep people uneducated because people, uneducated people are an easy group to get to do what you want them to do because they're uneducated. Uh, episode 866, Nancy Grace is probably the worst TV personality outside of the Fox Clowns. Don Lemon gets a lot of heat and deservedly so, but Nancy Grace is terrible. That interview with 2 Chains, 
reminds me of the interview she's done with pro wrestlers in the wake of pro wrestler deaths her staff throws out irrelevant shit that makes no sense within the framework of the argument during an interview related to steroids and how they contribute to wrestlers death the fucking graphics they used included a referee that died from cancer not linked to steroids and a referee that died in a fucking car accident these goofs just grab anything and throw it out there hoping for a shock effect like the stuff with the parents who gave their two-year-old weed two chains correctly pointed out that this was a case of bad parenting and only tangentially related to weed they could have easily given the kid alcohol which is 100 percent legal and accessible since she likes to bring up accessibility this part part this particular two chains interview didn't surprise me because i've heard them speak out of character before definitely not the dumb guy that people would assume him to be that's right that's yeah correct. i agree with everything you just said uh 865 during the malaysian sex orgy story there was a line that read sex orgy come birthday party come is actually pronounced coom and uh as coom and come before it's basically a latin word for with oh like summa cum laude so it's actually oh. sex orgy coom birthday party <laughs> that's worse <laughs> right like magna cum laude with great praise the author of the article could have definitely worded that line differently, but within the context of the article, it was essentially intellectual masturbation for him. He wanted to use some clever wordplay, the double entendre game. Keep up the great show, Rod, and with a D, not a B, and Karen. Thank Thanks. you. Appreciate you, BK. Andre writes in, uh, what up, Rod and Karen? I've been aware of your podcast for a while, and I became a premium listener at the beginning of 2015. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sweetie. You guys are funny, entertaining, and informative. My favorite shows are the Blackout Tips, Medium Talk, Balls D Sports, and Sport Movie Reviews. Uh, we got a few of those coming soon, man. We actually owe y'all some Sport Movie Reviews, and I think this weekend we can actually get it done. Okay. And some other stuff, too, but yes. Mm-mm, that's enough talking, Carrie. I've also <laughs> seen Rod on the Evening Jones. Keep up the good work, Drake. <laughs> I'll just add more work. He's like, shh, be quiet. I know. Big Booty Privilege. This is from Monique last last email this damn episode made me laugh out loud it was so good when y'all started riffing off the dad and the son dog fucker y'all real life laughter put a tickle in my soul i love karen's big belly laughs how does the dog know how to act if like broke back mountain because i love goofy and karen up there acting like she ain't gonna shoot t-bars and chili five uh, and, and chili five or ten bucks. They need you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> they need my support. Rod, the fact that you play Five Star Bitch as a theme song makes you, me your biggest fan. Ratchetism. Well, that was actually Justin's idea. Uh, for, yeah. He, he said it as a joke, and I was like, well, I've never heard this song before, but it could not fit Baller Alert any better, better. than that. Yes. Ratchetism at its finest, sir. Did you know I made an account for Baller Alert, but you got to get it approved? Oh, like you don't just get an account like they and they ask questions like you want to be a baller, a groupie. Uh, <laughs> did you answer the questions? Yeah, I did. OK, yeah. I said I was a um a groupie. All right. And it said, who's your ideal baller? Um, And I said, Michelle Obama. Yeah, um, I might think you're joking. No, nah, nah, if I could catch Michelle slipping in these streets, man, I'm all about that. She take care of me. Um, you know, take care of us. I mean, for the house. Right, right. right. You know Obviously. what? Yeah, take take care of us. You get your ass up there. You get her. You get to working on that ass, so we could get these taxes lowered and get mm-hmm. national health care. Um, I'm good, cause then I go to the chiropractor. You come back, I'll be in good shape. 
uh ratchetism at its finest sir anyway i love the games y'all play and agree with the vast majority of stances y'all take on social and political issues keep up the fine work tvgwt is awesome monique at motuda thanks oh this is monique from um three guys on and um um what's my other show if we make each other happy then we just can't lose what's the t what's the t uh but yeah thanks mo we appreciate you that's it for this week um for feedback Woo, quite a long show and we had a late start uh so uh we're gonna sign off now we'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m like i said monday at nine we should have uh the guys from three guys on and wednesday at seven we should have uh the uh the crew from three uh, negroes and uh also wednesday night we should be on uh this podcast about relationships which i'll i'll uh i'll let you guys know later okay all right man until tomorrow i love you i love you too baby Mwah. <laughs>